Well, that's the part of it that I love. It serves no actual purpose. It has no actual payoff. And yet it is there. It's just fun. And I, for one, am thankful for that. (laughs) Me too. I loved that. It was a great moment. This is Growing Up Millennial, a podcast about all that media we loved in the 90s and early aughts. I'm Helene, a quintessential millennial who loves media so much that I just decided to make a whole career out of it. And I'm Adri, your other co-host and a geriatric millennial who grew up in a tropical island. So um, some of the cultural references sometimes are hard, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I feel like you catch on to them pretty quickly. Yeah, but you know, sometimes you're like, oh, that like third rate boy band never made it like in our, in in the, to the island because we got like mostly top 40 type shit. So I wouldn't know about them. (laughs) Gotcha. Well, like if, like if they didn't have like a reality TV show on MTV, uh uh, I wouldn't know about them. Unless it was like that point where my mom decided that cable was too expensive and she cut the cord, you know, and this was before streaming days. So, you know, I really had a tough childhood, let's just say. Well, I feel for you. (laughs) Not not like other people. Anyway. (laughs) So this season, we're seeing double because it's all about the legends, the icons who started their career off as baby Michelle in Full House, the Olsen twins. Also known as Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Also, also known as the designers behind the iconic fashion brand, The Row. The Row. I almost said The Row. Because, hey, we're in London. It's, it works. <laughs> <laughs> More recently known as Elizabeth Olsen's oldest sisters. Yep. And this episode, like I just hinted at, is all about winning London, which was released on March 27th, 2001. Directed yet again by Craig Shapiro, who has become a household name on this podcast, and written by Carol Ann <laughs> Hoffner. Uh, did you know also, I, I want to, like, before we get to it, yes. there, I'm sure you've seen this on the credits. Um, Dual Star also had, like, a music publishing yes. company? Yeah, I did not name, know about this. Yeah, <laughs> the name of the record company kind of surprised me a little bit. Okay, go ahead. It was Trauma Records. I was like, Trauma? (laughs) Like, wow, why would you want to name your record company Trauma? (laughs) Uh, Maybe it was like in association with like like a record company? I don't know. Yeah. And honestly, though, uh, speaking of the like music and stuff, I did not like the soundtrack of this movie. Overall, I really liked the movie, but the soundtrack was not my vibe. I didn't like it. Well, let's get into... One second, but let's get into the summary of this okay. movie, which the movie, I, before you begin the summary, is, yeah. to me, the movie that made me question, how many montages can there be in a movie? Oh my God, I, I wrote about that so many times. Oh my gosh, that is like probably my biggest complaint about this movie. You can ask Seth, I was like, can I say something and it won't make it to your notes? So if it does make it to his notes, I'm going to be so mad. And he goes, of course, of course. And I said... How many goddamn montages is this movie? How? I I counted at least five. I counted at least five as well. 
I think okay, I yeah. just lost interest after five. Let's be yeah, honest. By the fourth one, um, or what I think is the fourth one, I was like, I really should have done a montage counter. Like, I wish I had Same. thought to do that at the beginning, like to like well, count everyone. I mean, if you're listening, uh, dear listeners, thank you so much. But also, we are a newsletter at uh, gummypod.substack.com. And that is one of the things that I plan on, you know, jumping into once we do the posts for all these movies is a montage counter and, and all good stuff that we don't get to delve so deeply today in this show so you know you get the best of both worlds you get to listen to us and then you get to read about all the things that we wish we could (laughs) have done on the episode yeah i love that we should definitely do a montage counter during that newsletter i'm doing a montage (laughs) counter for every fucking movie are you kidding me yeah this one relied on that storytelling medium way too much (laughs) agreed i was like do we really need this montage do we? Yes. But maybe we did. I don't know. It was, there was a lot of interesting choices, but I'll let you get on with the summary and then we can go into the 411 and then dive deep. Okay. And listeners, just in case we haven't made it clear or you forgot, or this is their first episode that you're listening to, I just want to point out, I write all these summaries <laughs> myself. <laughs> um, so... They're they're not pulled from any place, and they might have a little sass. So um, they're they're not like <laughs> the one that I did for our first episode, which I just copied and pasted from Wikipedia, <laughs> thinking we could make fun of that too. But apparently not. I mean, we we definitely could. I just I I have so much fun writing the summaries. I had to. What if we did like for the next episode, the best of both worlds, which is like pull the Wikipedia one um, on the script, and I'll read that, and then you read yours. Okay, yeah, listeners, write in if you think that that would take off. And if you, when we do it, if you like it. Like, yeah. I mean, we will still do it because we are recording these way ahead of time yeah. of re- release. So. <laughs> email, email us at, at gummypod at gmail.com. Is that it? There you go. Yes, that is our email address. Wait, wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I haven't plugged it very many times because this is only our fourth episode. But we're, we're getting there, guys. We'll get we there. We are professional podcasters guys i don't know if you knew this about us yeah this this is only like our six millionth episode we've done together um anyway not not a big deal not a big deal neither of us has had an alcoholic drink or a totally legal gummy i mean that's that's accurate that's true actually no Uh, what i'm saying is and look at us now like could you imagine us under the influence and oh my gosh if we ever start a patreon we should do like a because i I know people who have done that where like they've done a patreon segment where they like smoke weed and then talk about the thing guys you heard (laughs) it here first that's the plan for patreon Let us know if that sounds interesting to you. Anyway, we I I at least live in a place where that's legal. Um, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, no, it's it's legal everywhere federally, based on you know the ones that I do get. Um, side note, Helene, yeah. maybe I cut this out of our you know here beautiful episode. Maybe not. Who knows? But like, what I'm imagining for the Patreon eventually is like we do like we go through like scans of Delia's catalogs while we're like, you know, hi, um, or, you know, drunk, and we <laughs> talk about them. 
okay. in video. Maybe. For the listeners. It's in video. Yeah. I feel like if we're doing a DLA's catalog, it needs to have some sort of visual component. Of course. But sure. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking about, I'm thinking outside of the box. Like yes. we like, we look at a poly pocket that I have here in my house. Oh my gosh. You know, we, we do like little things here and there. Like yeah. obviously still nostalgia, but like, yeah, for ooh, sure. we could, wait, could we, maybe this a little bit um too much. Could we do Britney's memoir? Which technically came out is coming out this year, and listeners, it has already come out by the time you're listening to this, but it deals with nostalgia, possibly of, of her retelling her story. I mean, possibly, yeah, beautiful while high, probably, but yeah, maybe. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> let's let's talk about Mary Kate National Wilson. Uh, I'm going well, to get this cut is- out of the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read my summary now. <laughs> Her whole life, Chloe has loved to win. She takes every competition seriously. So when her model UN team gets invited to the international competition in London, she was less than happy when her sister Riley decided to join the team at the last minute. Riley lives life life to the fullest and likes having fun, but Chloe isn't about to let someone as unserious as her sister ruin this competition for her. The girls and their model UN team travel to London, fall in love with England, of course, and also really cute guys, and all while competing to prove themselves as the model UN team to beat. And also, they're not China, and there's like a whole plot line around that. Yeah, that's just like China just like rolled that into the model UN competition. Also, you forgot to mention the most important part (laughs) to me of this movie (laughs) to remark upon. Their teacher's name no, is I, yep. Mr. Holmes, and I, yep. the lady's name is Miss Watson. And I definitely I, have a note for that in later okay. in the episode. <laughs> we can talk about that later too. But I just feel like we are depriving our listeners of very important information. If we we're don't not though, because we are summary. going to talk about it when it happens. Of course, but I'm saying in the summary, Helene, just you know, yep. Okay, it's, just, it's not part it of serves, the plot. Well, it's well, that's the part of it that I love. It serves no actual purpose. <laughs> it has no actual payoff, no, and just yet fun. it is there. It's just fun, and I, for one, am thankful for that. <laughs> Me too. I loved that. It was a great moment. For sure, it was all like, what else could they have done that was like equally yes, unserious? And dumb. I don't know, but I love it. I love that for them. I love this journey for us. Mm-hmm. But before we get there, let's talk about the 411 like filming location, notable people, beside, behind the scenes, mm-hmm. trivia, and more. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I couldn't find any information on filming location at all. I mean, obviously, it looked like they filmed in London. It looked very much like they were on, you know, Some of it kind of gave location. me Passport to Paris vibes, you know, like, we are really? filming this totally without permits. So oh, I didn't, I didn't get, I actually didn't get those vibes at all this movie. Really? It looked like they were actually got access to things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the Tower of London, but who knows if that's a soundstage? I mean, they definitely got access to the Globe Theater. There's no way that they that they would have been like they had that whole place to themselves for like an extended scene with no other tourists. Like they definitely you got are access. correct. You, yeah, I will say the Globe Theater, unless they were like doing, um, I don't know, the they used the set for like Shakespeare in Love or something. I don't yeah, know. maybe maybe that wasn't in London. That's possible. Um, that Peter Pan place statue um 
that well that whole park area and then like james or yeah james's house i mean it all like the castle he lived in i mean it sound it seemed like they had a lot of access in this one they probably had a bigger budget too to be honest i mean correct i mean this is what the fourth movie from dual star at least the fourth we've talked about <laughs> yes well it's not necessarily like they had the slumber party direct to D- like dvd <laughs> funny vhs movies but like mm-hmm. like this is a more serious venture i think for them yeah yeah for sure oh yeah go ahead um i got I was some gonna... uh filming locations here on imd oh, oh you i looked on imdb and i couldn't find them what did you find okay so obviously tower bridge the Langham Hotel, Regent Street, exterior, okay. Glendale, okay. California, <laughs> and then um, Lacey Street Production Center in California, and um, let's see, L.A., Woodland Hills, and London. So it looked like a like maybe they split almost 50-50 the filming locations, because a lot of the interior scenes, I would assume they were filmed in California. Oh, yeah. It looks like the hotel was only the exterior. So maybe just all the, the exterior. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe the the indoor interior hotel scenes were L.A. or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of how they did. Uh, our lips are sealed and passport to Paris and stuff. So, yeah, I would I would say that's smart because that's probably saving them a lot of money and logistics. Right. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um. I just have a couple of of uh, notes on the cast. Um, other than like the cast stuff, I just noted that I think this is the first movie where we don't meet their parents, which is um, odd, right? Yeah, I was like, where I for a little bit at the beginning, I thought that Mr. Holmes was their dad, um, and then it took it took a second. Energy. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh no, he's just their coach. Um, and then uh, I also noted this is the first one that doesn't have a Titanic reference. I know. It's because probably Our Lips Are Sealed had like the two Titanic references. Like, yeah, but it's score. just surprising because it Titanic is. is a very British movie. <laughs> well, it's a movie about British failure, I would say, but go uh, ahead. Yeah. Go off, yeah. Queen. Go off. No, I just, I mean, Kate Winslet in general, even just being in that movie, you know, is very British. <laughs> so. Oh my God. Wait, wait, uh, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you... Are, Are you, you tell- saying what? that? I'm sorry. I'm trying to like not have a like giggling fit over this. Are you saying that any movie with Kate Winslet is like automatically a British movie? Sure. Why not? Okay. Let's just let's just All say right. that. Cool. I just wanted to know. <laughs> just curious about how I mean, you saw the world. Also, you know, like I can't remember my history too well. But didn't didn't the Titanic leave from England? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a movie about British. Yeah. Like so, that is it's also very British because of that. But I also didn't want to say that if I was wrong. <laughs> but that's why I said it's British failure. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I think it should they should have had a Titanic reference in this movie for sure. But, okay. You know. Well, too too late. Um. You're like, well, it's because they were represented representing the UK and the yeah. UN, and they didn't want to bring like an embarrassing yeah. part of their history into it. I guess that's fair. That's fair. You know. I get it. Uh, yeah, they, they really did kind of represent England in like a good light in this film, surprisingly. Um, all right. So the uh, star-studded cast, though, that I thought we could shout out and and just talk a little bit about. First uh, first off is Jesse Spencer, who plays um, Lord James Browning Jr., who is Chloe's love interest. He mm-hmm. was m- the most recognizable one to me, I'm guessing probably for you as well. Correct. Um, 
because he went to star on uh, he went on to star in roles such as Neil in Uptown Girls, uh, which was Brittany Murphy's love interest, mm-hmm. and then R- Dr. Robert Chase in House, who was um, the main <sighs> doctor. What's her name's the girl doctor's love interest? Um, yeah, whatever. I can't <laughs> Olivia remember her name Wilde. right now. Olivia no, Wilde. it's not that one. It's the other one. It's not no, but- that one. Wait, he was Olivia Wilde's love interest. I'm- no, no, he no, wasn't. He was the other one. No, the 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 blonde one. Oh my god, yes. what's her name? From Once Upon she a was Time. Once Upon a Time. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. I don't remember her name though. Sorry, sorry, lady. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, but he, yeah, he was very, very recognizable to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was beautiful in House. I mean, he was beautiful in this. Too. Oh, he's he beautiful, beautiful all the time. He's a beautiful man. Yeah, he's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Rachel Roth was the one who played Rachel Bird. It was kind of nice. She had the same first name. Um, and she appeared in one episode of Mary-Kate and Ashley's TV show, So Little Time. She played a character named Andrea. And then I personally recognized her from a, one episode of Veronica Mars where she played Wanda Varner. But it's a very, re- very like memorable episode. And she played a very memorable character. So I, mm. I recognized her immediately. Um, but... As well as playing, um, she's not the only one in this main cast who went on to play a role in So Little Time with Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Uh, Brandon Tyler, who played Brian, who is Riley's love interest in the movie, also went to star in four episodes of So Little Time as a character named Travis Morgan. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. And then the second most recognizable actor to me actually was Eric Youngman. Is that how Mm -hmm. you... it's it yeah, I would with say a, yes. But, um, and I was like, I have to know this guy from somewhere, right? Like he's so every like you see his face, you're like I automatically recognize him. Um, and it turns out he just plays like one episode of like every TV show you've ever heard of in your life. Basically. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, he went on to play uh, mostly just one episode roles in shows such as Bones, CSI, NCIS. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and also Veronica Mars, which, uh, um, you know, him and Wanda Varner. No Law and Order SVU, <laughs> because like that is like the most notable one episode appearance of any actor's life. I actually didn't see it, but I could have missed it. It's possible he also did well, that. Well, I'm just, I'm just trying to think like if you're just like playing one character in one episode of every yeah. show, like any Law and Order franchise is like the iconic role for like one of these actors. Well, his this Eric Youngman's most notable role, I think, is a four episode <laughs> run as Ivan in the Even Stevens Disney Channel original series TV show. Wow! Wow! <laughs> okay. As you said earlier, this was directed by Craig Shapiro, who co-wrote Passport to Paris with his wife and directed Our Lips Are Sealed. And I believe his wife wrote Our Lips Are Sealed. Mm, I don't know. I don't no, remember. I don't think so, but maybe. Um, Carol Ann Hoffner was the writer for the script, and she her IMDb is not very like prolific in my eyes. But hey, okay. at least she's gotten more shit made than I'd ever gotten. So who, who am I to be talking about this shit? But she's written original movies as well as novel adaptations for television miniseries and movies of the week. Okay, yeah, I noticed. Yeah, I noticed that this was like a newer name because I don't think we'd seen her. Um, no, we haven't seen her in the past. And honestly, yeah. this is one of her most recognizable works. Honestly, Which, this was a again, well, again. well-written film. 
<laughs> Again, as someone who is a struggling writer with a day job yeah. and has never gotten anything published that she's ever written, <laughs> other than on a blog, I guess, um, I am not someone to be passing judgment, and yet here I am. Yeah, no, I mean... I can take multitudes. <laughs> this, like I said, it, it, it's it's a well-written film, though, but for a Mary Kate and Ashley film. It's... <laughs> Yes, it's it's. I I've actually found this movie to be pretty enjoyable. I actually pretty much enjoyed it, except for the montages, which we'll we'll get to. I'm sure. Yeah, though. But you know that you know she didn't have to write anything for those because she (laughs) doesn't have words. But yes, they should have. She should have written. Do you think like the script script is like insert montage of them studying here? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, she should have written out those montages. Written around them. a little bit, a little more, you know, like to like. Yeah. I'm not saying shot by shot, but like you know, give a yep. little bit more to work with. Right. There's yep. one uh, like with scooters that I felt was very that was unnecessary. Just, yeah, so unnecessary. <laughs> See, I'm glad that I'm not the only one that thinks this. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, they've done this scooter thing in every movie. You don't, you don't need it. I think they did it in Passport to Paris. They probably did it at some point in Our Lips Are Sealed. They're just scootering all around the the globe. <laughs> well, I will say there were no spit takes in this movie. So there weren't. I know. I actually noticed that as well. I did. Okay, so let's get into let's <laughs> let's let's dish. Let's get our our notes ready to go because we gotta get through this movie almost scene by scene as as our as us as our norm. And listeners, if you don't like this, I don't know how to tell you this, but we are recording this way ahead of time because we're trying to bank some episodes. So if you're listening to episodes four or five, six, and you're like, shit, I've been like telling them I don't like this and I've given some pointers, guess yeah. what? Um, We can't incorporate those pointers until season we two. Will, so. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we will definitely take any and all criticisms and remarks into consideration for when we're recording season two because guess what season one completely almost recorded before season one actually airs so um i don't know how else to say this but if you didn't like it sorry yep but hey you can email us at gummypod at gmail.com which is our email address I, uh, <laughs> which is our email address i know Helene, that now <laughs> as Helene learned in this very episode <laughs> uh, okay, so the f- the film opens. Honestly, I think this might be our most iconic opening credits. I was about <laughs> to say the exact same thing. Okay, good. I said <laughs> I like this is iconic. AOL, so it retro, is. so of its time. I almost, I almost wished they would have added the. Oh yeah, the dial-up. Yeah, this—it's—it's it's a nostalgic fever dream. It's like the, and it's honestly the most dated part of the whole movie because the movie itself is not very dated. But it, you know what? Even though it's dated, it's actually anchoring us in time. It is yeah. anchoring us yeah. in a time of yeah. actual. Um, I don't know. Just like none of these people had social media that they actually mm-hmm. used. And sometimes they forget that phones exist. Correct. That is correct. (laughs) We will touch on that later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, anyway, the opening credits. You know, 
why send a text message when a hand-delivered letter will do? Yeah, why? Uh, yeah, yep, we'll talk about that when it comes. I had some <laughs> criticisms about that scene. Uh, but anyway, we open with an AOL.com page um, that works as the credits, uh, which is just amazing. And um, then... The hyperlinks? Chef's yes. Kiss. Amazing. I loved every second of it. And then much like Our Lips Are Sealed, where they did that little thing at the beginning to tell us who the witness protection program was, um, they have someone, it shows someone like not Googling because maybe Google didn't exist at this point yet. Um, but AOL. Yeah, AOLing, AOL, yeah. Yeah, AOL searching. It's an AOL search engine bar, uh, the United Nations. And so then it does a little intro about what the United Nations are and then in like goes into model UN and and then opens the film um with you know so people know what the model UN is because that's what this whole movie is and if you Correct. don't know what model the UN is you are kind of screwed uh, <laughs> but 10 out of 10 for this opening credits i loved it uh and then we uh after they do their little intro about the United Nations, uh, we see the team, the Model UN team backstage. Dylan, who is our, you know, resident filmmaker, I guess. He is. He is. Okay. So I had, I had a split kind of thought on Dylan and, yeah. and Riley. Like both of them seem to be our narrators in a way in this movie. Yeah. I uh, hate it. I actually really hated the whole like documentary thing. They should have just cut that out. <laughs> you hear that, listeners? Yeah. She wants you to cut it out. Yeah. I'm like this it was unnecessary. I don't really think it added much. Uh in in the and like whenever they should like cut to to footage that was supposed to be shown from the camera, like it, the screen yeah. was yeah, the screen was like t- like three times smaller. Yeah, no, and, I, you could see and, the difference in screen size. Yeah, the um, screen was and, smaller and it was really low quality. It was like, this is not worth it. Also, that camera that he was holding was very expensive at the time. Oh. And I just wonder if, like, you know, are his family loaded? Um, what is his family in? Is it software development? Is it Maybe. game develop d- development? Because he has, like, that, you know, game that will not be released for the next three months. But we oh, can talk yeah. about that later. I, you're right. It's they could be maybe the the president of Nintendo or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo uh, USA. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so he's walking around uh, backstage, videotaping everything with his big expensive camera. Um, okay, I had a note about Dylan though. Okay, go ahead. We, Dylan to me looks like the quintessential theater kid everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like I was yeah. like, okay, so we got the theater kid. Okay, establish that. Yeah, he's a he's class clown too very much establishes that early on correct um and chloe's team uh at this model un competition is representing the people's republic of china or just china i guess but they call it the people's republic of china (laughs) um as its full thing and they are it's like they they show them on stage and they're talking about like they're they're i don't really know exactly what the what do you call it the topic was but basically uh, it was freedom of speech i believe oh freedom no, that makes sense and she's basically arguing that controlling the internet is the right thing to do because freedom of speech does more harm than good but because of her amazing you know anti freedom of speech <laughs> speech well, she had okay um, so the thing is that she the, the, the whole point is like you have to embody yeah yeah, yeah. the value no, system yeah. of whatever you're representing that doesn't mean you believe that yeah it's i'm just like it kind of confuses model un with debate team 
to me a little bit, to be honest. Um, Cause I was like, I understand like on debate team, you'd be given like, okay, freedom of speech, yay or nay. And you have to argue one side and then you have to argue the other. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just was like, no, this is model UN. So it's a little bit different. I, I was never in model UN. I kind of regret that now actually as an adult. Cause I'm like, that would actually have been really cool. But I think like high school Helene would have not have been as interested. Listen, our high school selves do not have to be our present selves, and that's okay. That's true. Well, anyway, Chloe's amazing argument of no freedom of speech um, wins outstanding delegate performance at the competition, and the trophy that she receives for that is so pathetic looking. (laughs) Speaking of pathetic trophies, not to give it spoiler alert, the one at the end I have that exact same trophy from like a school competition where I won first place in the poetry contest. Oh, really? Like the the main trophy or the little crystal dove that Riley No, 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 the main trophy. Oh, okay. Like the grand prize trophy. And I was like, "Mm, I would think an international competition would have a better trophy than my I actually didn't really look at it. Oh, my God. You have to look at it. It's like this. I was like, I have that trophy for winning a in-school poetry competition like that's hilarious maybe like when this episode comes out you post a picture of it on instagram well i'm gonna have to like see where it's at and see if my mom can go take a picture of it but sure that would be really hilarious if you could do that (laughs) if i could do that i will but yes i got bigger trophies at like regional competitions at the things not to be like (laughs) I was a tro- trophy hound, I'm but like so talented, but like, like, and I haven't been able to publish <laughs> anything in my life yet. But like, I won a lot of competitions. I won the trophy for least published works. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I won the trophy for like shows promise never delivered. <laughs> well, Chloe won the trophy for shows promise and over delivered because she wins this trophy she is so ecstatic and after the competition everyone is chilling out having like some sort of reception some like model un reception um and this is where we kind of see we meet riley um in the audience that's the word i can't think of words right now and the audience like cheering chloe on when she wins and riley is obviously chloe's twin sister played by ashley Correct. And at, in the reception, she goes up to Brian, who is on the team with Chloe. And, um, and we Brian learn that- is talking to this woman, this young <laughs> yeah. woman. Goth with the, girl. With the craziest fucking hair. Yeah. <laughs> of the 2000s. Yeah. I I didn't look at her very uh, intensely, but I did. I did. I do vaguely okay, remember. So her. it was like, imagine, if you will, straight hair, mm-hmm. but like. Five strands of said hair were perfect ringlets. Nice. Riley does that at some point in this movie, too. Oh, no, 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 no. Hers are way blended. These are just, like, straight hair with, like, super, like, tight, perfect, coiled ringlets Mm. that are not blended into her hair. And it just sent me back in time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to 2001 like i don't Amazing. know how else to say it i don't it know if i've ever amazing. saw anybody in real life with that hair to be honest well but it was in it was in all the like delia's yeah. catalogs it was yeah. like everywhere one 90s hairstyle that we do see in this movie I, I know it's early aughts at this point but like we that we see in this movie that i loved was the zigzag part oh 
beautiful. I think Chloe has that later on in the movie or something. One one of the girls has it, and well, I I have love more it. notes about hair, but yes, yeah, the hair was the hair was pretty iconic in this film. Yeah, um, but so we meet uh, Brian, even though we saw him during the competition. We meet Brian a little bit more. We find out that Brian um, is like his mom is best friends with Riley and Chloe's mom, and they grew up together. Um, and for some reason, I don't under okay. So like he treats Riley like a younger sister. Which confused me because I was when I first saw this scene, I was like, "Is he older?" But then, yes, like, he is. How much older? Throughout the movie, it seemed like he was the same age, but he was two acting like he was way older. No, so he's two years older. There's like an establishing scene we can talk about later. Okay, I must have messed that. Um, so yeah, he he gives her the dreaded "Hey, kiddo." Ugh, gross. Hate that. So it feels so bad for her in this scene. To be honest, although they for some reason like. Ashley looks really young in this movie, like younger than Mary Kate. It's the hair. Mary Kate has shorter hair, like a more yeah. like Ryan cut, you know. And yeah. Ashley has like the like the longer, longer like, yeah. beachy wave hair. Yeah, I don't know. Her face just looked like so much younger for some reason, and I was like, I, that's what the, I mean. They wanted that obviously to like make it look like it, they had a bigger age difference between her and Brian, but yeah, it was just a little off putting for me. So yeah, he they they establish here that Brian looks at Riley like a younger sister, and it's obvious that Riley has a a nice big crush on Brian. What? Um, Whatever gave you that idea? I know, right? And then we see the I called her the UN lady, but we late later figure out that her name is Miss Watson. Um, she is like the head of the international chapter of the model UN. Um, and she's talking to Mr. Holmes, uh, who is the Lakeview Model UN team cap or like faculty advisor. I don't know. Um, Responsible adult that acts yeah. like a child. <laughs> yeah, the guy. Um, first of all, I I actually should have looked this up, but I, I'm not convinced this lady is British. Her accent was actually really bad. Her the actress's name is Claire Yarlett. I just looked it up. She she was born in England, so she is British. But her for some reason her British accent sounded very off to me. So do you think that maybe she had like a you know like they were trying to clean up her accent and make her sound more posh than her normal accent usually is? Because a lot of times like it was more. I don't have you heard like ha, have you heard like uh, Kate Middleton speak ever? Because she I don't think I have actually. <laughs> So when she's doing like public appearances, they've tried like they brought in like dialect coaches for her. Okay. To try to like make her yeah. accent posh, like the royal family's accent. Yeah. But that's that not sense. her real accent. So it sounds kind of weird when she's doing it, even though yeah. she has been trained, you guys. So like it might have been one of those things where it's like that's not was, her natural accent. Yeah, with this lady, it was more like I could hear it coming going in and out. Like it, it didn't sound consistent. Well, um, that's what I'm saying. It might yeah. be a different type of accent. Yeah, still British, but a, like a like a different dialect or a different Maybe. kind of accent. Maybe more of a working class accent. Yeah, possibly. Um, well, anyway, she comes over and talks to Mr. Holmes and tells him that they are inviting, unfortunately, the whole team. Really, they just want Chloe uh, to London for the international model UN competition. Um, and Randall, uh, can't come to London because so, Mr. Holmes goes and tells the whole team and, and Randall, the one random guy can't come because his sister's getting married and he can't miss her wedding. So Riley 
offers to join the team in his place so that they have a full team. Okay. Um, I have a comment about this scene. Yes. And it's just tiny, but they all have passports for an unplanned overseas trip, question mark. Well, did they say how, like, soon it was? Like, did they have to leave for London, like, the next day or whatever? It was, like, in three weeks or whatever. Because at the beginning, okay, so in the intro, it asks, it tells you, like, like, you know, there's, like, a flash, like, a scene of, like, them on the, like, in front of Big Ben or whatever. Like, there's an establishing shot of them in London. And it was, like, three weeks ago or whatever. Who, you know, or, like, in three oh, weeks. Uh, I don't was, remember like, that at all. about three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. All I remember is, like, when I was watching the scene where he's telling the team that they're going to London and Randall says, like, oh, I can't go because my sister's wedding. I remember being, like, how do you know you can't go? He hasn't said when it is. Like, I was like, what? He hasn't said the date yet. <laughs> it didn't, they did a really bad job at, at, at establishing that, but there was like a three week th- situation. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess they all have passports. <laughs> this is like, maybe they're from like really bougie area of LA and like they, their parents, you know, all their parents go on international vacations to Italy for the summer or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they didn't even have to ask their parents permission, you know? Yeah, no, like I said, we don't see any parents at all in this whole movie. <laughs> um, so obviously, so um, Chloe's not happy about this. She, as I mentioned in the in the summary, she sees Riley as a highly unserious person. She really is like, I want to win this and Riley's going to fuck my chances up. Um, and also, oh, actually, I'll note this now because I, I wanted to t- touch on this later too. I think this is the first movie where they don't actually get along very well. Like they're yeah. not friends. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like like usually in every other movie Mary Kate and Ashley's characters are are BFFs like they love like they're they do everything together. And uh yeah, these the, like they're they get along but it's like they're me, it's giving me like if the tensions from switching goals were heightened like 100% yeah, because even in Switching Goals, they were, like, complete opposite people, but they still, like, did everything together and loved each other, like, so yeah, much. Yeah, but, but like, if the te- like if they had let the tension, like, ruin their mm-hmm. sisterhood, mm-hmm. I guess, you know? Like, yeah. oh, dad always loves you because you got him the trophies, and, like, well, Honestly, the though, boys love you, you know, like that. Yeah. Honestly, though, I kind of understand because Chloe is not a very likable character. So I'm in this movie. That's <laughs> fired. I mean, she's really uptight and like, like ruins about people's fun. And she's like very much all she cares about is winning. Right. Like she gets better. I mean, she has there's a redemption arc and stuff and she like learns and there's character development. But like. I can understand because I actually very much like Riley, but Chloe was not my cup of tea. I feel like I found our cold open. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, So anyway, while they're having this argument, because Chloe is not happy that Riley is coming and they're they're arguing about it, they're both wearing these amazing rhinestone tank tops, I have to say. very uh, early aughts yeah chloe's is like brown and it has like a i think like an eagle um in mm-hmm. like the rhinestones in the shape of an eagle but then riley's hers is fucking awesome hers she's wearing a black tank top with red rhinestones in the shape of like a like a red dragon like a chinese like a chinese dra- yeah like a chinese dragon like yeah and i loved it 
I loved it so much. So yeah, well, uh, uh, I just wanted to note that. <laughs> well, we have a fashion section, which I will have oh, my notes on. Yeah, yes. it, yeah. It, it didn't make my fashion sec- section, but I needed to to mention it uh, for sure. Well, uh, you also in in that Chloe is wearing these like super tiny geometric sunglasses that are like yes, her sunglasses. I mean, Riley was wearing some too, but they were not as. 2000s. Oh, they're not as, as iconic. Yeah, no, yeah. No. They were like the ones that Riley was wearing were more like Jennifer Aniston, yeah. chic, never goes out of style, or almost never goes out of style. Or, kind of not Ray Bans. They're like they were kind of like aviators, like small well, yeah, aviators. Like, well, yeah. what, what Ray Ban ma- did make aviators, you know, oh. into what they are. So yes. <laughs> So yeah, Ray Bans. Never mind. I was right the first time. Yeah, yeah you were right. I, I'm not just. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just helping you see that you were right. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. You're uh, welcome. So then, basically, it cuts straight to London. Now we're in London. Oh, and then Riley is like a narrator for that journey of yeah. getting to the hotel, which I thought was kind of cool, honestly. Yeah. 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 It was, they, they really, I don't feel like this movie fully knew what it wanted to be in terms of like movie, like filmmaking, you know, cause there's a narrator and then like, there are very small, like they break the fourth wall, but like very, very randomly. Um, and definitely not as much as they did in Our Lips Are Sealed. Maybe Craig Shapiro was trying to find his like director voice, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's what I feel. Yeah, they're just because it's like a little bit of everything that they've done in past movies, basically. Yeah, I think it's like Craig Shapiro's like second directed movie, at least for them. And before yeah. that, it was him and his wife being like a writing team. So mm-hmm. maybe it's like that idea of like, you know, when you're trying to find your vo- even though you think you know, it's kind of like, no, I right. didn't until I went ahead and did it. And there's like, fuck, it's harder than I imagined <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how the movies continue to like progress as they go. Um, okay, so they get to the hotel. There's a prep school's cloning joke. Um, and then yep, they meet all the other people that are there for the Model UN competition. Our boy Dylan goes to the loo or the toilet and yes. has the paper and he's dragging paper and shoe on his shoe. Yep. And actually, this is a good Chloe moment, actually. She she does she does help a brother out and um, he's trying to flirt with girls and they're laughing at him because he has the, sh- the toilet paper stuck to his shoe. And she goes over and gets it off of his shoe, sticks it to her shoe. So that he can have more game, I guess. Yeah, but then I was like, uh, no good deed goes unpunished, guys. Like, yep. So then she has it stuck to her shoe. And who other than beautiful, beautiful James comes over? Um, I have to say, I don't, I don't really want to know why that toilet paper is so sticky. Because she attempts multiple times to get it off. And it's not coming off her shoe. <laughs> it should not be that sticky. Well, it was just like comedically an odd choice to let it go on for that long. Yeah, I was like, okay, mm, mm, please stop. <laughs> Once again, Craig, we've got notes for you. Yes, well, um, she's trying to get it off. She can't. James comes over. He does to her what she did for Dylan um, and like steps on it so it'll stick to his shoe. And they have a cute little meet cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and as she's walking away, she literally falls head over heels because she literally trips. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. But did you not clock? There was a Lou joke. Yeah. It, like, just like in What a Girl Wants. 
It's been a while since I watched What a Girl Wants, but yes, I do. I think I do remember that joke. Yeah. Who's Lou? <laughs> yeah, who's Lou? Yeah. That's and then he like literally then he, literally what a girl wants had that exact same joke. That's true. That's true. And well, it's a it's an it's a low blow for a joke, honestly. It's easy. Honestly, uh, yeah. But then but then James lists like three other British words for bathroom that don't that aren't bathroom before he finally says bathroom. <laughs> I know. Uh, so James sees uh, Chloe fall. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and, and then they that, they go to their go hotel room. Is, which was is there a anything? Closet. Be- <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, yeah. So they they go to this. They're in this fancy ass hotel. The exterior shots, which we now know are like a different hotel, um, are huge. It looks humongous, and yet their their room is literally the size of a closet <laughs> for three girls. I'm like, how is this possible? I don't. I I wouldn't expect a hotel that fancy with that fancy of a lobby to even have rooms that small. Maybe they were like in the servants' quarters. Who knows? Yeah, it was very very small. So then they go back down to the lobby to check in for the model UN competition, and they meet this other uh, team of girls from Brazil. Um, Actually, Dylan and- meets them first. That's true. That is true. Um, because he is he is on a mission. Flirting. To a ladies man <laughs> he's on a mission to suck face with yeah. everyone out there he's a he's a little joey from friends that's that's this yeah. guy um yeah. and they find Wait, out that this would that make brian chandler uh i feel like brian's more of a ross Ooh. so does that make riley um i uh, think riley Rachel? is yeah, maybe Riley is Rachel and Chloe is uh, Monica. Monica for sure, and then and then Rachel, Rachel Phoebe. Phoebe. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, then who's Chandler? Mr. James. Holmes. James. Well, James maybe. Mr. Holmes is like I mean, I don't know. James is like marginally cooler than Chandler ever was. Yeah. Well, <laughs> true, but also I don't know I if they have it. I don't really think they have a Chandler in this. I guess I love Chandler, but uh, yeah, Chandler's my, my favorite actually. So, um. Followed closely by Phoebe. Uh, <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Monica and Chandler are. I get it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So they find out that this girl, <laughs> team of girls from Brazil were also, um, what do you call it? Words, man. Assigned China as their country to represent Correct. at the competition. And they have this whole argument over And then like, uh, wait, wait, wait. They have a whole argument over it. Miss Watson is trying to... Nick, like, you know, navigate this situation because it's her fault. And then Mr. Holmes just, like, mansplains everything to her, basically, and is like, just let yeah. the kids figure it out on their own. Yeah, I but- like how, like, first of all, so this lady is, like, basically the only adult there that's managing the whole competition. And Mr. Holmes is the only other adults that has attended oh it seems he's the only chaperone (laughs) in the entire competition so it's just those two adults doing everything yeah it's a kid's movie adults should be invisible you know (laughs) right yes so he is just like yeah let him work him out work it out so they go up to the brazil team's room like hotel room to negotiate and figure out who's going to be china and who's going to be another country um and their hotel room is massive um it's like basically like the palatial i would say yeah it's like the penthouse or something um and she's like oh my dad works for hotel i don't remember why she's no, no, she my, has... my dad owns a string of hotels in brazil and brasilia or and, and oh, everywhere okay. basically. so she is she is the london tipton of brazil basically. she is an heiress and like the whole thing about me like i'm thinking is like guys 
I get it. Like you traded in like room service and a better hotel room for all this. But don't you think she could have a daddy on the phone and been like, just get me like an equal room? After the yeah, fact? I mean, it's probably full because of the Model UN competition, but I, you're oh, getting ahead but, of yourself. I haven't said that part of oh, the sorry, but, but with yet. that money, but with that money, I mean, yes. come on. So, because, <laughs> right, that's true. So the kids decide, um, which is, this is just Chloe's, the Lakeview team's motive here, like their, their, their operandi. I don't know. They, they bribe. That's what they do. That's, that's how they win this competition is bribery all the way. So they, you know, Americans, you can't trust them <laughs> even when they're other countries, you know? Right. Right. So they give away the representation of China to this Brazil team, but in exchange for their massively large hotel room and access to the mini fridge and the room service or whatever. So yes, now they have this huge ass hotel room, but they are, they don't have a country anymore. <laughs> um, so Mr. Holmes talks his way into getting um, the UK. They get to represent London and the UK and England because usually apparently the host country doesn't get represented, but they didn't have another one available. So well, get... that or the Republic of Chad, apparently. Oh, yeah. And for some reason, that was, like, repulsive of, for them to do, I guess. They, were they like, laughed. They're like, oh, yeah, we definitely want England instead. I was like, okay. What are well, you trying to I say? Think it, I think, it, I think the, the joke was meant to be more like, at least we've heard of the UK. I, oh, maybe. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I've definitely heard of the Republic of Chad. As it have no I know, other- but, like, I, I think that was, like, the American stupid joke. Oh, I kind guess of. yeah, yeah. But then, but I, I mean, yes, they they were more excited to do the UK than than Re- Republic of Chad. But in general, they also seemed really bummed when he told them it was United Kingdom. And I was like, why would you be sad about that? The UK is, would be so fun to represent. I would love to do the UK. Well, maybe because like you know, America and the UK have like a history about you know, the United yeah. But Ang- what what's the word? Is it ang Anglo ang Anglophilia. What's isn't there like a there's oh, yeah, like a but term? I, okay, so okay, so I think obviously like there's always a current of Anglophilia in the United States, but yeah. like the heights of which you're talking about were mm-hmm. in like in the sixties and then came around in the early aughts again, but way yeah. after two thousand one. I was gonna say I remember like in the early aughts, I definitely owned a couple of Union Jack shirts because I had no, I no, was, and, and I agree, but like yeah. I think it's way after two thousand one. Yeah, when, that's probably, more when right. streaming, more when streaming became more prevalent, and like you could like watch UK based shows, yeah, m- like much more than ever before. I think that's kind of yeah, where and we- I think big like phenomenon like Harry Potter and um like One Direction, One Direction and stuff, <laughs> yeah, definitely played a big part oh, in for sure. In that <laughs> for sure, at least for me, <laughs> for sure. Uh huh. Um. So then we get. <laughs> the, Our first montage. The weirdest. This okay. It's not even that it's a montage. It is. This is the worst montage I've ever seen in my life. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong in assuming why. To me, well, to me, it was like the worst montage because it was like just pictures. It was just pictures. It was a slideshow that looks like it was made on iMovie. Yes, it was awful. And also, there was like a bunch of like close-ups of Coke and Diet Coke cans. <laughs> well, they're a sponsor, right? Remember, they were a sponsor for our lips. Jesus our seal. fucking Christ. Like, they're in every fucking movie. 
Yeah, I mean, like, there, remember that whole scene in Our Lips Are Sealed where the bad guys were chasing them and the guy stops at a Coke stand and just well, pours and himself remember in, <laughs> remember in Passport to Paris where all they drank was yes. Diet Coke? Yeah, they had, like, a huge, yeah, I, I definitely remember that, yeah. Um, I mean, I, okay, let's be real. Let's be clear. I'm a Diet Coke, I'm a Diet Coke, Coke Zero girly. Okay. So it's not that I hate Coke. Actually, I think people who prefer Pepsi to Coke are sociopaths. Oh, 100%. So... <laughs> Like so when it, when a restaurant asks like I say and I say can I have a coke and they say it's Pepsi okay I'm like did you really just ask that question absolutely not get me a Dr Pepper I'm like that's disgusting exactly like I am <laughs> I am of the this is the order um, Coke Zero Diet Coke obviously tied for first I don't mind either or um, s- close second if there's you know if it's like Pepsi is the option they'd be like oh yeah Diet Dr Pepper please um, I am not dabbling yeah, the only, in that like, shit. The only good doctor Pepsi products I feel like are Dr Pepper and like Sierra Mist. I don't think I've ever had a Sierra Mist. It's just it just it honestly tastes the exact same as Sprite, which is why I think it's fine. It doesn't actually taste different than Sprite. I like a good Sprite Zero though. Mellow Yellow is good too. I mean, Mountain Dew is better, but Mellow Yellow is okay. <laughs> this is why we're friends. And <laughs> I'm not joking. Every person that I've met in my life that has a strong preference of Pepsi over Coke has ended up being a very bad person for my mental health. So yes, not surprising in the least. (laughs) So I'm glad that Coke is a sponsor, but yeah, they have weird, (laughs) weird screen time in these movies. Also Coke, if you want to sponsor our podcast, (laughs) totally avails, you know? Yes, please. Um, I'm a Coke You could just send me payment and Diet Coke. I'll be fine with that. Yeah. I agree. I'll, uh, I have had to stop drinking Diet Coke because of my migraines, but I do drink regular Coke now. Um, Ooh. Just ma- have you tried Coke Zero? Is that also giving you migraines? I can't. No, it's anything with aspartame, and both Diet Coke and Coke Zero are made with aspartame. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. So I can't do well, any diet sodas in general. They're all made with so aspartame. So you do what uh, the British call a full-fat Coke. I do a full-fat Coke, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> All right. So after that study anyway, montage. So, yeah. Okay. It's a horrible study. So it's to show that they're studying and it's an awful montage and I wish I could scrub it out of my brain. Um, um, and- <laughs> there's like a, there's like a question and answer portion that I'm not even going to delve into. And yeah, then- they're like throwing a ball around and like answering trivia, trivia questions about England. Well, and I just want, I just wanted to say, I have a, I have a note here. Riley is actually really good. Like I, I was kind of expecting for her to like suck and like that would be the conflict. Like she's really bad at Model UN and Chloe is like really like you know pissed about it. She's actually very good at Model no, UN. <laughs> I think I think the conflict between Chloe and Riley is the following. They're both equally smart. It's just that Riley is more focused on having fun and making memories than yeah. winning. And that pisses Chloe off because she'd rather win than make the memories. Yes. Yeah. But it, but because of that choice, like I think if they had gone like more polar opposites where Riley was dumb and Chloe was smart or whatever it was, like I feel like the conflict would make more sense and would make chloe not look as crappy as she but like the way that they do it it makes chloe look like worse of a character like she is worse of a character because of it because she because riley is kind of like too perfect well she's a little compared uh, to chloe like she makes chloe look bad because she's good (laughs) you know what i mean Well, I will say Riley is like the fun one, right? Like she's like, yeah. I can't take this anymore. Let's go sightsee. 
And Which Chloe's, is actually a really good idea. Yeah. And like Chloe has like a little stick up her ass about it at first, but then, you know, she's, she yes. gets convinced by the rest and of then, the team. Yes. Yeah, so they decide to go you know, out and experience England. And so we cue our second montage in the span of five minutes. Honestly, that's, <laughs> again, why I was getting like a little like, are these? They're so close together. They're it too was, close together. Study montage and then exploring montage, literally with like a three minute scene in between. If that, if three minutes at I, all. I said, okay, can I read you my note on this? Yeah. Yes. It says, <laughs> I'm, and I'm going to quote directly sightseeing montage, comma, yeah. brave to have back to back montages. <laughs> yeah. I just, I wrote Q, Q second montage in the span of five minutes. Yeah. So, but I, I said that is a brave choice. Yep. <laughs> like, and I'm not saying brave, like, necessarily means good. I'm just saying brave. No, it was, you know, it was a bad brave choice. It's a bad, sometimes brave can be bad and stupid, you know? Yeah. I, I should um, know because I do brave but stupid things all the time. Exactly. And as do most Gryffindors. Um, uh, exactly. As you, <laughs> if you listen to our podcast <laughs> before this one. Exactly. So in this montage, there's this one, like the beginning is all like music and stuff, but then eventually they start, you know, talking and in, in, in the middle of it. Um, and we see them visit the Tower of London. They look, they go to the, see the Royal Jewels. Um, and she says, I have some of those earrings, except smaller. And then Rachel goes, and faker, which is kind of cute. It's so um, cute. And then they go to some torture museum of some sort. <laughs> and this part was hilarious. Brian goes up to like a drawing, drawing quarter, drawing and quartering rack. And he goes, nice rack. <laughs> I just die. <laughs> I was like, "Way to mil- get that in there." That was that was a nice little joke. I um, wonder if that was actually part of the script, or if that was just an ad lib <laughs> in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it, I I feel like it's a little out there for a Mary Kate Ashley joke, but I liked it. They are getting older, as we know. That is true. That movie. is true. Um. So yeah, they they do this torture museum they jokingly lock brian in like some sort of torture device which i don't understand how he could be in there without being injured but okay Uh yeah the teacher just walks into their like presidential suite and finds a note saying that they've gone sightseeing and i'm like are you really doing your job mr holmes here like yeah it was like it was like gone researching instead of like gone fishing or whatever yeah (laughs) and then they we have a Riley and Brian moment. Yes, they're on a bench and they're talking uh, and they're sharing a beverage. Yeah, like this girl walks by and they get into this conversation about how the girl's not his type because she doesn't like sports. And so this is where we established that Brian really likes girls who like sports and that Riley is one of those girls. Um well but- also where we established that when they went to the Dodgers games, she was 10 and he was 12. Oh, I missed the ages. My basic yeah. math. <laughs> I missed the ages. I was not paying attention to the ages. Yeah, I basically was caught. I was stuck on the fact that this story it just establishes that she is friend zoned as fuck. Like she is. Well, yeah, not only girl. is she friend zoned as fuck, but like he is two years older, is what I got from that okay. story. That makes yeah. sense. I did not listen closely enough. 
Um, <laughs> but we, this is then after they they talk and she's like, oh. "Damn it, I'm not asking him out because he sees me as a little kid who throws up at Dodger games." Okay. Um, and after well, that, we have our next mini montage. <laughs> wait, but I was just going to make a note about how right after that conversation, we see Chloe and Riley talking about it. And this is the second time where Chloe is like, just fucking get a move on and ask the dude out. Like, she is over it. She is like, I don't fucking care anymore. I don't want to hear you talk about Brian anymore. And Like, just ask the dude out or I'm pushing you in the England channel. I don't know. Like, <laughs> okay. Whomst amongst us has not had a friend or been the friend, actually. I have been the friend for real. Yeah. Like goes on and on and on. I get it. I yeah. fucking anything. Yes, but this is your twin sister. I I think she should probably be a little bit more supportive. Yeah. If they're your sibling, it means you have less fucking patience for them. I guess. I guess. Um, And then I (laughs) live a charmed life because you are the youngest one. I am the oldest one. Oh, I thought I thought you just said I I'm not the youngest one. I was like, yes, I am. No, no, no. You're the youngest one. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Okay. As the like, sometimes when you're like the oldest, it's just. I get it. I I can't explain it. But like, I know. I know. I I mean, I have an older sister. You see your youngest sibling living the life that you should have been living with, like, nicer parents, <laughs> less rules, less stricture. And you're like, that could have been my life. And yet it was not. So you have less fucking patience for anything, any nonsense they have. So you're saying you think that Chloe's the older twin? Oh, Chloe is giving older twin, like, 10 out of 10 yeah. energy. Yes. And then, well, and I wrote down this quote and I don't remember the context anymore because I watched this last night. Um, but I wrote, it says, well, aren't we Miss Westminster Krabby? And oh, oh. The Dylan, Dylan says this. Dylan says this about Rachel. Yes. Because yeah. Rachel, okay. So they're looking at like all the graves and he, like, he goes like, Ooh, I wonder what you have to do to get in here. Yes. And they go like, do something like exceptional or whatever. And Rachel says, you know, it's not going to happen for you, bro. And he's like, well, aren't we Miss Westminster Krabby? Yeah, I thought that was that was that joke killed. That was a great joke. Yes. <laughs> and then they get a cab ride. Yes. To Buckingham with, Palace. <laughs> with and, a man who, who only speaks in Cockney slang, which yes. gives us back our lips are sealed yes. energy. I was like, they they pulled the same exact subtitles, please joke from that movie. I was like, what the heck are you doing? You're stealing I, I, jokes. I think honestly, and you know, Craig Shapiro, if you're listening, please let us know. But I have a strong suspicion that Craig Shapiro shoehorned that joke in. Yeah, it's like, oh, this one killed it. This one killed in the last one. This one killed it. Yeah, this is great. (laughs) I think we should have like a scene with like a cab driver who only speaks in Cockney and have the exact same joke. Yeah. Yeah. And the first thing he says is, don't Jimmy Riddle in the back of me jam jar. (laughs) And let's be real. That's not the only thing that our friend Craig got from Our Lips Are Sealed because the next thing we see is a bad joke montage yes but this one was so much better because the other one was like so weird and out okay, of but nowhere Helene, this one had Helene. a purpose and the jokes were better okay but like here's <laughs> where we are seeing that craig is finding his director voice <laughs> yeah no yeah they they definitely improved upon it so yes they go to the buckingham palace and they decide to try and take turns telling bad corny jokes to make one of the queen's guards laugh 
And then I actually love the payoff of this in the in the blooper in this, reel. In the, yeah, me too. Me. <laughs> so then they head on to Parliament. Yes, uh, they run into James uh, at Paul outside of Parliament after they go in and have some sort of yes, C-span footage. We meet his crappy dad for the first time, who I hate. Um, I think he's James Lord James Browning Jr. or Senior. Um, mm-hmm. We find out that James is a lord, and he does not like it. He does not like being a lord. Um, but he offers to be their tour guide and fin- to help finish off their tour around England. And so they go to the Globe Theater, which is where Shakespeare um, had his plays performed. And this is the scene I thought was pretty cute, where we have Chloe and James and then eventually Ryan and Riley sword fighting. Um, Chloe and James are performing a, a scene from Romeo and Juliet as they sword fight. <laughs> but Riley and Brian are just speaking, like talking about sports in Shakespearean English while they sword fight, which I thought was really cute. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Shakespeare, even though I was a lit major in college twice. Just not my, not my jam. Um, so I was like, okay, okay, yeah. I have a few favorites. I, I mean, Romeo and Juliet's good, but I, I actually really love Othello. That's my favorite. And then I also like Midsummer Night's Dream. But other than that, I'm, I couldn't really get into like Hamlet and all those other. Oh, Midsummer Night's Dream is like my favorite, but basically it's a rom-com, you know? So like. I, yeah. Cool. And yeah. And I, uh, I uh, starred in it at summer camp one summer. So I have a place <laughs> in my heart for it. Humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> but I. <laughs> I this line it's like Riley goes thou likest the Lakers and Brian goes King Shaq of O'Neal doth ruleth the lane <laughs> I thought it was hilarious it was amazing and this is where they break the fourth wall for the first time as well mm-hmm. and after the Globe Theater if we're ready to move on we have the next montage our scooter montage yes and then they're they're scootering around and then after the montage is mercifully finally ends and is over james asks if he can show chloe his favorite place in the city and i thought that this scene and was unsurprisingly adorable. not you know his pants what about his pants i said and unsurprisingly his favorite place in the city is not located inside his pants oh psh, totally missed what you said otherwise that would have been a funny joke <laughs> i know I'm sorry. I, all I heard was something, 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 his pants. And I was like, what about his pants? <laughs> sorry, I ruined that for you. Uh, yeah. Not that kind as, of movie, as, Adri. As per usual, my comedic brilliance is being ignored left and right. It's not that kind of movie. I know, I know. <laughs> so they this... <laughs> Yeah, it could be this movie if it was based on Dylan's point of view. You know what I'm saying? That's true. That's true. He gives Maybe. like that. Like Seth and I talked about this. I was like, of all the couples, the ones that like actually have like the highest cap- like capacity to like take things to uh, <clears throat> the next level in this movie was Dylan and Rachel because they looked. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. leave it there. Oh, I'm. I have. I have a question. I mean, we'll, we're going to touch on it later for sure, and like <laughs> and get into it. Um, I, but I want to talk about this this scene, this Peter Pan oh, scene. Oh no, this is like one of my favorite scenes. I'm not this joking. scene. Yeah, this scene was literally. I literally wrote the scene where they're talking about Peter Pan, Peter Pan is actually so cute, and it is. It is an amazing scene. It is so girl power. 
Like, are you gonna? Oh, is that gonna be your girl power moment? Oh yeah. No, to me, okay. I mean, I mean, spoiler alert. This is my girl power scene when she says, "Mine happened in the last scene." <laughs> God bless you. When when Chloe says that she'll she'll go to Neverland with him as long as yes, she's I not almost- Wendy <laughs> and doesn't have to clean up after, after Lost Boys. Yes, I Not literally less. almost I almost wrote it down because I had written down my because mine happened in the sword fighting scene and I wrote that down and then this happened and I almost went back and changed it to this and then I was like no I bet you Adrian will put it so I won't put it <laughs> and I was you, right <laughs> you know as a thirty seven year old woman who has a almost two year old child and a nice progressive husband yeah I too. <laughs> would not clean up after any lost boys. Yes. I barely want to clean up after my own child. Yeah, I thought that was a great line. I love yeah, this whole like, scene when, was amazing. When when does when do babies learn how to clean, guys? Because like I need this. You just gotta teach them young. Well, I don't know, but like she's got, you know, she's got the wiping of the counters down. Like, cause I always nice. like, wipe counters when she's watching and right. she's got her like little thing and she's likes to wipe down things. And I'm like, yes, yes, learn. Cause I'm <laughs> not going to do this forever. Right. It's well, your turn now. <laughs> other than cleaning, I have to say Chloe is literally li- living my dream in this film because she, my my dream in life is to go to London and f- meet and fall in love with a really cute British lord. <laughs> that is my dream. <laughs> and she is living my dream. If okay. he's cute and he's British, he if he has a British accent, and I'm there. I'll do anything. All right. You'll do lady lessons? Sure. I mean, I won't be good at them. Sure. <laughs> I might fail them. Anyway, so now we're into the first day of the Model UN competition. And the problem solving world hunger. Yes. Um, and every single person on the team except for Chloe uses the method of bribery to win. Uh, I called this it first. you know what yep. I called it? Creative bribery. Yep. Yeah, like Dylan offers that video game from his Game Boy color, I think. No, it was um, like a get, like it was the Game Boy Color that I almost got. So I ended up getting like the like raspberry fuchsia colored one. He had the purple like, transparent one. Oh, I, I thought it was like gray transparent. But yeah, okay, that it yeah, was that like makes the, sense. It was transparent purple one. I almost got that one. Yeah, okay. yeah, it was a good one. Um, and then Rachel bribed with junk food. Uh, and what is it? Riley bribed with uh fashion tips. So, okay. So I will say in defense of Rachel, her bribery was not as planned as the other. No, it just happened. Yeah, it It just just happened. happened. Actually, the other person introduced the idea of bribery into the conversation. But I mean, she was, yeah, she was there for it. Yeah. Um, And then uh, Brian bribed with like a sports jersey because this guy is no actually two sports jerseys oh right so he's just sportsman is basically all maybe Um, his dad was like a sports agent or something who knows yeah and then we see this this guy he's supposed to be like a nerdy guy i think he has some sort of swedish accent or something ask if like she's like well do i have your vote for this competition thing and he's like if you dance with me at the at the dance tonight um, and she she just gives away. She's like, my sister will do it. And I'm like, hey, bitch. <laughs> like, you can't promise your sister will do something just because you don't want to do it yourself. Like, that's not how 
siblingship works. Like, that's rude. Anyway, I was not happy about it. And then it comes back and it's awful. Like, I'm like, girl, you fucked up. Yeah. So there was another montage of them exploring the streets of London at, at night. And they, and it's like, I had a question about this because, um, they, they've been throughout the movie. We talked about this, like they've been doing like the documentary style, like they've been showing like what is supposed to be Dylan's footage or whatever. And they do this in this montage and it shows like, you know, as if it's the documentary footage, but, but then we see like, that's supposed to, Dylan's the one that's shooting that stuff. Right. But Mm -hmm. in the, in these shots, Dylan is in the shot. So well, I'm like, was everyone else in the shots too? I think, I think most of them, maybe, maybe like Brian wasn't or something, but like, I'm like, who are we meant to believe is shooting all of this? Because Brian then, I, I guess, know. but like he, but Dylan is the only one that's, that does it throughout the whole movie. Like it was just kind of, I was like, what the heck? But yeah, that it was another montage. Very short. It was like a, it was kind of like a transition, but, but it lasted for like maybe 45 seconds. I don't know. But then we arrive at the Model UN party. <laughs> okay, so the mo- once again, at this dance, the only adults in the room are Mr. Holmes and Miss Watson. Yes. Because they're like in a different level where the chaperones are presumably snacking and yes. overseeing the children. Yes, and to set the scene, Chloe is wearing this long sleeve red sh- juicy couture shirt. <laughs> And Riley is rocking like some really amazing purple ruffle floral shirt. <laughs> did you know Juicy Couture is back? Oh, I did not know this. Fashion, well, not in like like fashion like it used to be like yes. you know prestige fashion. But mm-hmm. last Chris around last Christmas time, I saw that JC Penny was selling full Juicy Couture branded things. Wow, for the what a um, comeback! What a comeback. So I bought I bought Olivia a little juicy tracksuit. Oh, she has one that says juicy on the butt. Well, it doesn't say juicy on the butt, but which I feel is a wasted opportunity yeah. on the juicy licensing, but it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they used to do that. That was a thing. I know. Okay. I, I feel like it was and a wasted women, opportunity. Women with, the, women with the flattest butts would wear that, like Paris Hilton would wear <laughs> Paris Hilton made Juicy what it was, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not, not, this is not a knock again. This is not a knock against, against Paris Hilton. I think she was an icon. She's awesome. I love Paris Hilton. I, she just she did not have a juicy butt. Is all I'm saying. And well, she had a ju- remember this is coming off of like the well the early aughts were coming off of like the heroin chic look in the fashion industry, which a yeah. lot of like even reality starts at the time we're mm-hmm. hearing by like this yeah. like, super thin no butt type situation and it yeah. wasn't until like later on where like jlo's it wasn't until later when like jlo's star was on the rise and like the kardashians and their butts and whatever that we yeah. began to have like a different standard for beauty maybe um um I don't have I've a, kind of been seeing it happen a lot, so okay. something to think about and look out for in fashion. Okay, well, something that we didn't mention at the end of the last, um, at the end of the model, the UN competition is that we kind of, when when uh, well, yeah, they Chloe's won. Team, <laughs> yeah, but Chloe's team won, and when they do, they cut to James, and he he's looking, he's jealous. Side is like peeking out a little bit. So um, not as much get, as his teammates, though. No, but he he definitely looks upset, which it's like if you like this girl and you're seeing her succeed, normally you wouldn't exactly look upset. So it's I'm 
he was jealous um and or like mad about how they won but so then when james shows up at the party i was actually a little i was worried for a hot minute there that he's gonna let it get in the way of the chloe stuff but he didn't so good on him or maybe it was more of a surprise face because he didn't think that they were going to win uh it definitely read to me like jealousy i I definitely read jealousy but maybe i mean that could be wrong we get Riley gets Brian on the dance floor um, after, but it was like not, in, it, was, it was after he gave her a very awkward uh, no, <laughs> which I was like, wow, <laughs> I've never been that straightforwardly rejected before. <laughs> like, that's just like, he, she's like, would you like to dance? Would you like to dance? No. <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay. And then, and then he redeems himself a little bit and was like, Oh, because I just, I don't know how to dance. It's like, oh, okay. Maybe you should have said that instead of just saying no. But she's on the dance floor. They're dancing. She's teaching him how to dance. Um, And then we see the guy that uh, Chloe promised to dance with Riley. And he's with, and he's like dancing. He's dancing like he is tweaking on meth. Like (laughs) it is chaotic. Um. And we see a little bit of uh, flirtiness between Rachel and Dylan, which this is at the point where I'm like, I ship them. I am shipping them hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you caught this, but like, so Chloe and James are dancing together, right? Mm -hmm. And then it transitions for like the, the, the fast song ends and then a slow song starts. And there's like this really, really awkward moment where James... The actor goes like he does this like starts dancing as if it's gonna be a fast dance and then like like oh no I thought this was gonna be another fast dance move and then he like awkwardly stops and then asks Chloe to slow dance. It was actually a horrible, horrible acting and it pulled me out of the movie a hundred percent. I was like, Whoa, <laughs> this is so weird. Well, thankfully we know that he does get better at acting. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty good in the movie overall, but that part, like, was very bad. (laughs) Um, So the slow song starts, James asks Chloe to dance, and then Riley asks Brian to dance, and he says yes, and she's finally going to have her friends-to-lovers romance dreams come true. Then the guy that Chloe promised could dance with her sister comes in and steals it. And I have to say, she full on hug dances this total stranger. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but Chloe and James were further apart oh, than yeah. Riley and this rando dude. Do you think that? It, I think the rando dude was like closing in the hug more than she was. She was no, like, no. It looked like she was instigating it. That's what okay. I was like. It was weird. Like she was. She just goes in for a full hug right away, and then doesn't ever pull back. Maybe she doesn't want to see his face, you know? Maybe, I guess. Yeah, she was, it was like intimate hug. I would have been leaving room for Jesus uh, and his 12 disciples, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, I think like, she was, I think it was weird because like usually in that situation, it's like they usually do the thing in movies where it's like she's disgusted by him and it's like obvious and she doesn't want to be dancing with him because he's a nerd or whatever, but they like leaned in the opposite direction for this. Maybe she was was trying to be kind, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was nice to not be like, oh, I don't want to dance with you. You're ugly or whatever. Like, I'm glad she didn't do that because that's awful to do to a human. That's awful behavior. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So 
after that, what we hear, like, Chloe being like, shit, I think I ruined this yes. moment. Yeah. And James is like, anything I can do to help? And cue the shopping montage the next day. Yes, another montage. Of, uh, Chloe's like, I got to make it up to Riley. So she's like, I'm going to take you out. And Riley's like, are we going to study? Like, are we going to research? She's like, no, we're just going to shop. Which I thought was, that was a really cute sister Also, moment. like... I don't know if you noticed, but like this store they go to, the best way I can describe it is like if Lululemon had been launched in the early aughts and they had no creative like editorial style, like they Mm -hmm. just went with everything. It looked like it was like a flea market in the basement of like a factory. No, well, a flea market is too generous because they had more than one of each item right so like a early aughts lululemon um sportswear as a leisure wear but not good at all yeah it was yeah and so this so this montage i think had the biggest impact on me the first time I watched this movie because it actually <laughs> it actually is the one thing that reminded me that I have seen this movie before because I couldn't remember anything about this movie I was like I don't I'm not 100% sure I've seen it I'm pretty sure I have but I don't think I have and then the whole movie I was like I don't remember any of this I don't remember any of this and then this mo- shopping montage happens and I'm like I remember this vivid like very vividly I remember every second of this montage <laughs> We are home, baby. Yep. I was like, like the second they walked out in those spacesuit looking things, I was like, yep, okay, I remember this. Like a spacesuit looking dress that reminded me, and I already told you via text, but reminded me so much of yeah. the glue inflatable dress that yeah. in, in the fashion montage of Lizzie McGuire pretending to be a pop star. Yeah. In the Lizzie McGuire movie. Yeah. In the Lizzie McGuire movie. I was just like, yeah, Chicken and just like, just because we're talking about it, that is my fashion victim. It was awful. They were awful. It was so bad. It was amazingly awful. I would say. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I, I saw those. They came out in those. I was like, I. Yep, I definitely remember this movie. For when you're going to rave on the moon, you know, like yeah. So they're 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 shopping. They also in this montage, they also go and they like do the Beatles walk. Um, Correct. And um, this is where I started to realize, I think this was like, I was like, I wrote, this is at least montage number five. Then we have a conversation between uh, Riley and Brian, where Riley says Chloe always gets what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. And that made me sad. I just got to say. Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of like where, because like Chloe and James are having a conversation and Riley and Brian have a converse, are having a conversation and they're both kind of complaining about each other. And this is where I like really realized they don't really like each other that much. This is like the first movie that they don't really like each other that much. Yeah. So then James comes home to his castle uh, with his shit dad um, after <laughs> a day of shopping. You mean shit lord. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and um, this is where we kind of see that his, how how truly awful his dad is. Um, and I honestly, like, I can't tell if his dad just hates Americans in general. Like, I'm trying to, I was trying to figure out what his dad's problem was. So is it, does he just hate Americans in general? Or does he, or is it like poor people? Is it Americans or poor people? Or is it both? 
Why can't it be both, babe? I guess. I just feel like it felt like he had a very distinct um, like prejudice, but I couldn't figure out what it was. When you're that wealthy and titled, like I would yeah. imagine even like a well-to-do American family uh, with obviously no connections, no title, no anything um, is just way below your notice. Like, yeah. Like, I, yeah, I guess I can't tell if it was like he's more threatened that this girl will ruin his like his image or if like he's worried that she's a gold digger or both i guess why can't it be both <laughs> porque no los dos <laughs> exactly uh so yeah then after we see how awful his dad is then we cut to a scene Again, of yeah of all, this is the second time we see his dad have words with him and not a bit like it just not like yeah. definitely shit lord behavior yeah he's awful um, but now we get to see um, his family is hosting um, a Model UN polo match at their castle. Um, so we get even more <laughs> their, James' dad. At their ancestral home. With yeah, no, their, their, their castle. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's funny. I thought this was really funny. When Dylan walks off of the bus, he goes, or maybe it was Brian. One of the guys walks off the bus and he goes, this dude's got some serious coinage. <laughs> Which I, I thought was Dylan. amazing. Was it Dylan? Yeah. One of them, it was amazing. I love that line. Um, and then uh, they're at the polo match. And this was, this was a really amazing line too. Rachel is like looking at the polo match. She's like, oh, so this is how the other half lives. And Chloe goes, you mean how the one-tenth of one percent lives? I was that like, was. burn, burn. <laughs> yes. Fuck rich people. Uh, eat the rich. And so they watch this polo match and uh, Chloe's like, I could fucking do that. <laughs> like, which I could do, I could do that. That's just polo on horse. That's just polo on horses. No, it's cares? just cricket on horses. Or, sorry, sorry, just cricket on horses. Um, and James is like, okay, prove it. Like, I don't and, believe that you can do it. And then she does, but it's not on how she does it. It's how she just acts all like brash and American about it afterwards. Yeah, she's a sore winner is what yeah. I called it. She's a yeah. sore winner. Um, and he's like, what, it, what does he say? He says something like, it's not about how you win. It's not about winning. It's about how you win or something. He's like some sort of like, I'm hurt language at the end. But also um, stiff up our lip because I'm British. Right. Yes. Um, and then we cut to the day two of the UN competition. It's hilarious because it's crisis negotiation day. Oh, my God. Man, are they in a crisis? I have to say. Uh, this scene made me want to be in Model UN. I was like, I really want to do this exercise. Basically, okay, for those who haven't watched it, <laughs> they have these fake kidnappers come in and- with water guns, by the way. With water guns, yes. And take Chloe and James and then a bunch of other hostages, including like the Brazilian girl. Well, they tried girl. to take Riley first. Yeah, they tried to take Riley and Chloe. It was like a Hunger Games thing where she was like, I volunteer as tribute. Oh, exactly. <laughs> And she goes instead so that she can have some alone time with James. Also, um, question, okay, I have a question in general. Yeah. Yeah. Only four students are taken. Wouldn't it make more sense for one student of each host country to be taken so that it wouldn't like show yeah, favoritism? Right. Well, then because some of the countries would be like, I don't care about saving these hostages. It doesn't affect my country at all. You know, like, yeah. Logistically, I would get how it's a nightmare, but... Mm -hmm. But realistically, there should be one uh, mm -hmm. adult for each country. Yeah. So, 
maybe it is not so logistically impossible, you know? Yeah, I don't know. But either way, I was like, this is so cool. Like, <laughs> I want to do this. And that they that it's like this terrorist organization is saying that in order to get your hostages back, what was it you have to they, everyone has to destroy every single nuclear nuclear weapon that they own every map, weapon of, of mass destruction yeah yeah it was like they so this terrorist organization is trying to make it so that nuclear war never happens which i honestly don't think is that big of <laughs> that, that's not bad like get well, rid of all and this is where freedom of speech can lead you to ideas that would make china control the internet holy <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So I, I see you wondering where my thought process was going? A, a little bit. Very confused. A, a tiny bit. I was like, "Wait, how do we get there?" I mean, all right. Uh, and I landed the plane flawlessly. May I add? Yep. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. So where are we at? Okay. So Brian and Riley um pretend. So they're basically they're the UN people are not. To, able to do this they're like i don't want to get rid of my nuclear weapons then we're never going to figure this out blah 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 and so brian and riley decide to take this into their own hands and pretend well, and they get no, no no they get some british inspiration because yes. they are sending their best 007 <laughs> bond james bond which i believe um, riley is more the james bond in this duo than brian she that's just my totally is she partner. totally is yeah they like i guess they go and change because they decide they end up in all black and then they, they look do like a doing it Very yeah strange. they do like a little charlie's angels like you know gun hands against the wall type thing um it's really cute and they're like well, you know sneaking around and they go to the um room service the kitchen to figure out what room they're in and they find out the three pizzas have been delivered to like the room that they're in so they know what room they're in they go there and uh mr holmes is outside dressed up as he was one of the kidnappers he's reading the paper guys yeah he's reading the paper well if um, we're gonna do this movie in like normal times as in like this year yeah probably he'd be on his phone. phone yeah he'd be on TikTok. his phone TikToking. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'd be scrolling TikTok for sure. Um, so they have to figure out how to get past him. So they go into like the supply closet, and they have the bright idea of trying to get in through the air ducts. Once again, air ducts. At least these weren't CGI'd. Oh yeah, I forgot. I was like, wait, I forgot. I forgot that they were air ducts. So yeah, the CGI air ducts. I am ducks trying to show a thread throughout these movies. I did forget about that. That was a good call out. Uh, so then we cut to, at, as the hostages are hanging out, they're playing like video games and eating pizza. So they're having a good time. Honestly, I would want to get uh, James is kind of still mad at Chloe. Yes. So they're not talking and Chloe decides to apologize for being a sore winner. And she kind of explains, she has a heart to heart with them and explains how she got to be so competitive and how it's all about not wanting to disappoint people. And, but then it like turns into winning as being the most com- important thing. And he sort of forgives her. I don't know. It's not like a super obvious forgiving. Well, here. and then um, Riley and Brian and those very wide air ducts uh, kiss, you know, spy stuff, you know? Yes. So, okay, this is what I, okay. <laughs> he goes for, he literally, it's two seconds, like complete shift. He calls her kiddo again. All she has to say is, don't call me. Hey, kid. hey, the name's Riley, not kiddo. And then he, and then they kiss immediately. And I'm like, that's all she had to say? And then they kiss twice. 
Okay, but Helene, what you don't understand is that men are simple animals, and sometimes that's just what it takes to get a kid. I guess, yeah, I mean, like, they they sort of hint at at Brian starting to realize he likes her, like, at the dance a little bit, but, like, it's not obvious like super obvious and i feel like it, i feel like they just didn't have enough time to to like oh, develop they, they hint at it also when they're like um on the boat like they're doing their uh boats like remote control vo- boats yeah he like looks at her for like a, a, he has a one lingering look really yeah he has like a, a like a three second lingering look which of yeah. course means oh my god i love her yeah it was very very subtle it was all yeah. very subtle but they kiss and that basically they're like we can't we got to go save our people we, we'll do this later uh, <laughs> and so this okay so then they get into the they like i guess it's like the bathroom duct yes, yes. They, they get into the bathroom <laughs> so, this is so funny so mr holmes comes in to the room because he decides he pizza. wants some pizza also, yeah i i have questions about the the quality of this pizza like the how pizza British good. really looked- be Mr. Holmes that you can't even notice that four children are missing? Yeah, the pizza did look good, but he was like having sex with this pizza. I yeah. don't know. Like, I just feel like he had a edible or something and he was like, oh my God, I got the bunches. He was like double fist in it. He was, he was so obsessed with this pizza that he didn't hear Riley say, like loud enough that that James all the way across the room could hear it. He was moaning too loud into his pizza. Was I was yeah, loud. I was like he was like like he had his dick in that pizza or something. He was like <laughs> he was balls deep in that pizza. I have oh my god, it was like an American pie, but like yeah. a different kind of pie. You know, yeah, so he, he was one hundred percent balls deep in that pizza. I have like he was so obsessed with it. I don't even know. It was it awful. An apple pie, a pizza pie. I can't unsee it. <laughs> Guys, I hope the imagery is working for you here. <laughs> I am dying. <laughs> so that's how they get everyone out because this guy is. Balls deep in pizza, so they they get everyone out, um, and so that's then they win that that competition because they successfully release the hostages. But and it, okay. this time and it didn't then, use bribery. But okay, so one thing that didn't make sense to me, Helene, yeah. and this after the scene was the girls are then like in their room dishing as girls do, as yes, you and yeah. I do, and yeah. they talk about this being their last night in England, but yet they have a competition the next day. Yeah, I was like, you guys are just flying out like right after the awards are given. Like, like this th- does not make sense to me, especially yeah. as we see the, ty- the 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 next scene in the film. Presumably after they win. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, what happens next, I think that they really should just have not done at all. Oh, you, um, mean, <laughs> you mean dressing the Olsen twins in menswear and pretending to be a boy they, in a way that would make Viola from She's the Man? I was literally about to say. I, I wrote, they go full She's the Man. They, they go and pull a She's the Man because... But, <laughs> but not in a good way. In like, no. I, I mean, at least in She's the Man, it looked kind of believable. Right. No. But let me let me set this up, though, because the, for people who haven't seen it in a while, basically, Chloe, it's her last night. And Chloe says that she can't spend it with James because he has like some sort of dinner thing with their dad in a gentleman's so, only club. It's a gentleman's only club. And so they're like, fuck it. We're going to go anyway. And so, yes, now this this is why the Olsen twins pull a full. She's the man. 
Yeah. And yes, like you said, it's awful because all they do is pull their hair back into buns. It's not even like they don't even put on wigs. It's almost like a French twist in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But you can like at least one of them, you can clearly see the bun. That's what I'm saying. Like you you can see the hair, guys. Like it's not. Yeah. It's very obvious that they just don't like, I think they don't put on makeup. So it's like, they're not wearing like lip gloss or eyeliner. So it's like, okay, I fine. And they have their hair slicked back into buns and they're okay, wearing suits. They do, I mean, James does address the fact that his father could actually recognize them because he takes his glasses off, his father's glasses off. Yes, but without his glasses, he is fully convinced that these two women in suits with their hair pulled back are men. But not only him, at least two other random guys are like believe that they're guys, believe that they're men. I mean, in, in the Olsen twins' defense, I guess they were really old men. Yeah, well, one was a one was not old. The first one was really old. I don't know, but man. The, there was weird. another one that was just like a normal guy. No, it's but, not good. Yeah. But then there there is one of my favorite jokes in this scene. Even though the scene was so <laughs> I stupid, I fucking knew it. Like the moment I heard it, I was like, "Helene must <laughs> be dying." Yeah. I definitely died. Yes. Yeah, so they got. So they um. They, her, they're talking to James's dad, <laughs> and who doesn't have his glasses on. So that's the excuse for why he can't recognize them because James is cleaning his glasses for him, and. James is like, oh, these are my friends from Eaton. And he's like, oh, I must know your parents then. Who are your parents? And one of the girls just, I don't remember if it's Mary-Kate or Ashley. They go, Lord, Lord, uh, uh, Lord Voldemort. Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds familiar, says James' father. <laughs> I was like, Lord Voldemort is definitely also where my mind would have gone. <laughs> Okay, and then we have a scene of romance on the boat. Like, this boat (laughs) had horny dust all over it because everyone is making out on this boat. It's all the kisses. I have a question for you, okay? Yeah. About this scene. Who do you, out of all the couples, who do you think had the best chemistry? You're not going to like it. It's Dylan and Rach. I, that's what I thought you were going to say. Okay. I, I total, that's 100% what I thought you were going to say. It's the most believable couple, first of all. It's also yeah, I, the best I, chemistry. Yeah. I, as Seth reminded me, this man has a full five o'clock shadow. And I was like, yeah, they're like 20-year-olds. <laughs> well, he's blonde, so it's harder to see. So no, no, no. Blind. But like, it's like a, like it's a full grown, like 20-something, like, people in this boat like making out whereas like mary Kay and ashley were like teens right yeah so they I'm were like, really young so yeah. it's hard for me to like mm-hmm. even though they are my age now concurrently wh- i am watching children make out basically and like i don't believe the sexual chemistry or even romantic chemistry there but yeah. like dylan and rach completely believe I was yeah, because like, they're oh, those, those two look like, like they're about to fuck. Like, yeah, they're, they're age appropriate, so that helps. Yeah. Um, I do have to say, how far have we've come since Passport to Paris, where it was their first on-screen kiss? And it was <laughs> like, like, yeah, I was just thinking about that. It was like just a peck, and I saw full tongue in this. Yeah, this was like I literally saw a tongue. Yeah, like no, I, 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 saw I, full I visualized a full a full tongue. Um, yeah, I. I'm looking at you, Mary Kay. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't. I couldn't decide i guess yeah rachel and dylan were good but i honestly do think that chloe and james had had good chemistry i, I mean i guess but like i, I mean i'll just say you're brian and riley like the best chemistry it is still dylan and rach yeah I, but i gotta say brian and riley that there it was awful that chemistry did would not exist 
<laughs> in the first scene that they kissed in the air ducts, it was better. But on the boat, I was like, this is weird. <laughs> I don't well, like this. you know, whatever. I mean, it's just a teen. It's like, it's just like a kid's movie. Yeah. Anyway. Um, then so, yes. Next uh, scene, uh, James is James writing, writing a letter. The letter. Yeah. To Chloe. James is- and I guess it's like some cute love letter. I don't know. We don't ever know what the letter actually is. But he throws it away because his dad is being a dick. And his dad... Dad, you don't then, understand me. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you're going to let this girl ruin your chance at winning this really, really important model UN competition for high school? Uh, <laughs> and um, so James goes out away, goes to his room or whatever to sulk and be a teenage boy. And... The dad sits down at the desk and gets uh, he gets an all ideal. creative writing. Gets an idea. He pulls out the stationery, starts writing, and then we cut to the next morning. Chloe receives a letter by courier, um, courier, however you say it, on like a silver platter. <laughs> Listen, in England, they're fancy about shit. Yeah, and the letter apparently says that James had a fight with his dad and that he wants to meet Chloe at Buckingham Palace to talk about it. And this is where I'm like, <laughs> why the fuck? First of all, he has access. Like, it, okay, say say this was true. This and we all we know. Spoiler alert: this James did not write this letter. But say this is, this was true. Say this was true. What? He wrote this letter and he and he sent it to her. If that was the case. He would have had the access to write the letter and send it via courier to Chloe's hotel on a silver platter. So if that happened, why wouldn't he have had access to a phone to call her and tell her himself? Maybe he's better in the written medium. No, I'm just kidding. I fully agree with you. Like, <laughs> I understand if, like, maybe it's like, oh, we got, my dad got in a fight, so I, like, lost phone privileges or whatever. It's like, you somehow got around that, you would have gotten around whatever it was stopping you from making the phone call to write this letter, so just make, find a phone. Like, you live in a castle. Go to, like, the opposite wing and, you know, get one of your 500 servants to get you a phone. Like, <laughs> so it's, it's like, why would she, why don't you just call him? She could call him. You know? All right. It would, Okay, let's continue. Let's move this. Yes. <laughs> anyway, it was very stupid. So Chloe, and this is also very stupid. Chloe goes to Buckingham Palace to meet him. She runs all the way there. And then later when he goes, he runs all the way there. I'm like, dude, cabs, just get a cab. Yeah, I was like, I was like, why are we not seeing the Cockney cab driver again? Right. Like, like this that could guy. have been like a great moment for this guy to come I back agree. into I our agree. hearts and our lives because honestly, he was the unsung hero of this entire movie. Yeah, it's like the guy from How I Met Your Mother, the cab driver from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Like, it's totally that would have been great. But yeah, she runs all the way there. And then we cut to the Model UN competition. Chloe uh Riley tells the team that Chloe isn't coming because she has a stomach ache or whatever. And then James arrives, realizes that Chloe isn't there, and he's like, ask, he turns to his dad, and he's like, where's Chloe? Where the fuck is, where, where, where'd she go? Oh, no, no, no. Riley has to tell him that Chloe is not there, and that right. there's a reason why she's not there, da, 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 which makes him be like, if you don't tell me where she is, I will go up there and disqualify myself and my entire team. That was really, really smart of him, honestly. Good for, good for James. I thought that was a good move. And then so obviously his dad does tell him that she's at Buckingham Palace. So he then runs all the way there instead of taking a cab. 
And by that time she's left. She's she had sat there waiting with a queen's guard for a while and he didn't come. So then she walks her little sad ass to um the Peter Pan park to to sulk. And I'm also like, okay, well when you realized when you thought he had did, like not wasn't coming, why didn't you just go back to the competition? Maybe, I didn't understand that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Women, anyway, we are complex creatures. Yeah, I was like, you're. I know, I understand that you're like, it's not as important that you win anymore or whatever. Like, cool. I'm glad that you've grown. This is character development, but like, go back to the competition. It's fine. Okay, so then James and Chloe, like, they find each other, whatever. Yes. Because the guard told James with a, like, via head nod where she was. Yes. And they go back, yes. they run back. We get like the, like, interstitial of like them answering questions correctly about britain and then it's time for the oral presentation and chloe oh, yeah, just Jameson, makes it yeah. chloe, james and chloe make it just in time for the oral essay portion of it which riley has never done and then chloe realizes that she needs to let her sister do it wow yeah, she's like this is i was like look at this character development it was beautiful it was yeah i'm like let her have this win you go girl. I love that. Um, so she does it. She does a great job. They're talking about whether or not the UK should get rid of the Royal family, uh, like the royalty. And she has like this really great speech about it. I liked it. I thought it was good. Well, a great speech that is hinged upon the cab driver. We should have seen again. Right, right. Exactly. I agree. And so then the competition ends. Chloe wins the, the crystal dove as like Absolute the outstanding. Riley. Or sorry, Riley. No, sorry, Riley, you're right. Sorry, I said the wrong name. The MVP of the Model UN was right, Riley. Exactly. The the MVP, she wins the Crystal Dove. And then so then they do the the trophy for the whole competition. And this Which is, is the trophy again that I got. Yes. Yeah, the one that you're talking about. Okay, but this is kind of this is where I would have I thought the writing was pretty solid all the way up until now in terms of like plot and stuff. This is what I would I would have I would have changed this though. They win. The UK wins the the competition. I don't think they should have won. I thought it would have been more impactful if they didn't win the whole competition. Because like I think it was enough that Riley won the the golden the crystal dove or whatever. Like that was good. Yeah, but, but yeah, they make I guess. this they make this through line throughout the whole movie about how they're getting judged on integrity and they should like they have to behave and like not be shady and th they this they they cheat their whole way through this competition well <laughs> like i would that. i would argue that the hostage rescue was not cheating because even miss watson didn't said it wasn't cheating she said it wasn't but it 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 definitely like they they definitely like were like i'm i don't want to do it the model un way i want to do it the the cia way like, this isn't model CIA. This is model U. And the UN no. would not have done that. The UN literally would not have gone in and done that. I, so, I still think that that wasn't, like, cheating, though. It, I just feel like it didn't it, – it, it, it wasn't the way that the, the UN would have done it. So they're supposed to be in the UN. I don't know. It was – I understand, like, like rules-wise, the lady accepted it. Fine. Cool. It just felt like they did not. Okay, are you that guy from the British team who always hates them because you were sounding like them? <laughs> no, I just feel like it. I think that it would have been more impactful if they didn't win because I'll, the rest of the movie, they keep on making these comments about how like they're getting judged on their integrity and every single step of the way they're they're like not following the rules. And so it just like, would have made more sense if they didn't win the full trophy. And I would have been fine with it because Riley got her trophy and that's all that matters. 
Guys, we're really fun at parties, we promise. But also, <laughs> like, Chloe, it would I feel also would have been more impactful to Chloe. Like, Chloe's team didn't win, and she's fine with that, you know? Well, they the t- Chloe's team won without her, which I feel is even more impactful. Uh, no, that's not really true, though, because it's just that last day that was without her. They had her okay, the rest of the competition. Okay, but let's pretend, like, the last day is 33% of the score. Yes, I don't know. I just... Mm. I would it, say it's it, 33. And they won without her also because the second day because she was a hostage. So then after they win, we see James' dad, James's dad like makes a full 180 here and um, apologizes to Chloe for we don't know why he hasn't grown as a person at all. And there's he has not learned anything. So I don't really understand why he's apologizing. But what gets me even more is that Chloe apologizes to him. <laughs> Listen, sometimes with your in-laws, you got to get in how, uh, however like, you can. I'm like, what? Girl, what are you apologizing for? You literally did absolutely nothing. You just existed. Like, what? Yeah, well. <laughs> um, then we have a shot of the girls, Brian and James. Yes. Riding horses <laughs> in the estate. So British. So posh. Yeah, they, they ride off into the sunset on horses because, of course, they do. That is how it ends. And that <laughs> is... It our dish section yeah, of it, this it, podcast. It started immaculately and it ended immaculately. By now, maybe our listeners already know what we're going to do next. We are going to give a voice to the voiceless. Yes. We're giving a voice to the cis straight white man in the white man's corner in this show because we really are like that. We are like the UN. We are caring, compassionate people. Yeah, and this, by the way, this white man is... Adri's husband. <laughs> oh, literally married to one of us. It's 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 just like a, your classic nepotism job, honestly. <laughs> like being a lord or a lady. Yep. All right, here we go. I never had AOL Messenger growing up, so I suppose I had to feel like I missed some seminal millennial experience. I don't, though. One of the twins is friend-zoned early on by a jock, but she's probably better off for it. There's a Dolly the Clone Sheep reference, but that joke only had about a 15-minute shelf life back in 2001. This movie can't fool me. English boarding schools are just breeding grounds for sociopathy. <laughs> the hotel is flying the Hilton flag, but I'm not sure Hiltons have suites with baby grands, and that's not a slight. <laughs> the Model UN team has the same makeup of a teen group from a slasher movie, minus the Olsen twins. Yes, agreed. The generic faux punk and the soundtrack didn't really work for me, and I don't know if that was quite exactly what we were listening to back in 2001. Yep. They visit Parliament during the Tony Blair years, and I don't have anything to say except fuck that guy. (laughs) There's a little Iraqi flag prominently in in a couple of shots, which is weird considering what's happening in the world at this moment in history. I want to say that this movie is a fun look at post-Cool Britannia London, it's probably not, but that's how I'm choosing to watch it, so don't harsh my vibe. <laughs> I do. I did enjoy the Depeche Mode cover. That was cool. The study scene with Lord Dad foreshadows the discussion of class in an interesting way, and for a second there, it looked like they're going to swerve around it. Lord Dad is a Tory who totally backed the Iraq War. I just know it. <laughs> I, too, have always wanted to go shopping an old crypt of some sort. <laughs> Oddly, our lips are sealed, didn't address class when the girls live in the trailer park and had working class parents. Yeah. That's an interesting little side there. There's a strange use of slow motion after the second kiss in the duct, but at least she didn't pretend to do slow motion in that scene. There's no way English pizza is that good. Climbing through an air vent is one of my top ten nightmares. Promise me you won't use this information against me. 
The redheaded member of the U.S. team has strong Catherine Hahn energy. Good for her. The redheaded kid who, who she winds up with has five o'clock shadow, which is kind of unexpected on an alleged teenager. <laughs> yeah. Lord Dad only owns the one pinstripe suit, doesn't he? Sadly, no, hey, it's that guy character actors in this one, but maybe next time. Hey, yeah, there is. I think he means like more of like the older, hey, it's that guy. I don't think he recognizes the youngins. I guess because hey, Dylan is definitely the hey, it's that guy character. Hey, it's for that sure. guy. Yeah. Um, love that Seth called <laughs> Lord Browning Sr. Lord, Lord Dad. Dad. Yeah. Lord Dad. Uh, <laughs> just everything about that is great. Yes. Yes. Loved it. I always love his his thoughts. <laughs> he had Amazing. the same thoughts on the soundtrack that you did. Yeah, I was going to say, dude, like, I'm there with you. All right, so let's move on to uh, enough about men. Let's move on to our Feminism 101 segment where we talk about is this, you know, failing or passing feminism? Um, does it pass the Bechdel test? You know, I I don't I think I don't I don't remember actually. I don't know. Does it? I feel like it does. Um, but not throughout the entire movie. Like, there's, like, at least a few scenes that are not about the boys. And it's about, like, Chloe. Like, there's, like, the study scenes. So I feel like yeah. most of the times that they've passed the Bechdel test in the past scenes, it's, like, the girls talking with, like, an older woman character yes. about, like, you they know, never life really issues. They Holmes. No, they don't do that in this movie. And I, I'm just... I guess I oh I forgot to I forgot to like take a note on this so I'm kind of going off the cuff here but like every the, like all the care all the discussions I can remember about like between Rachel and Chloe and Riley like they were all about guys yeah well that's like, sad they're all talking about oh like are you gonna ask Brian out or like oh you oh we kissed you know like I I don't remember this one might not have passed maybe it well. Did. The um the only one that I'm I can think of where like the girls were talking to other girls about not boys were the ones when they were negotiating for China. Oh yeah, but the guys yeah. were there too. Does that count? I guess that counts. But they were silent, so yeah, no, okay. <laughs> just like I like them. <laughs> I say that I, I would say that counts. Okay, cool. Okay, so um, favorite you girl already- power. Yeah, go ahead. yeah. You said your favorite girl power scene with the I have a Wendy. backup too, though. Okay, well, mine was um, in the Globe Theater when they're having their sword fight. Um, there's just like it's just a shot. It wasn't really a moment. It's just a shot after um, Chloe stabs James, uh, and he like falls to the ground. There's this really cool shot that's like from up underneath her, where she's doing like this power stance with the sword over her shoulder, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I, it just gave me real Buffy vibes. I was like this. She looks badass. I was uh, that was my that was my moment. Okay, so my backup moment is when they're in the dance, right? Mm-hmm. And Riley is asking Brian to dance, and he says no, like you said, very mm-hmm. like just straight up. Mm-hmm. And then he gives his explanation about like I'm a jock, like unless like people are chasing me on the field, I don't know how to move my body. And she yeah. goes like. Well then, pretend to you're being chased by, by me. me, and I was like, yeah. "Yes, yes, girl, yes." Yeah, 
Yeah, and that there were some toxic masculinity parts with um, from Brian also that that just reminded me of like when they're in the at the polo match and he's eating the mini sandwiches and he's like, "Don't tell the football team that I'm drinking tea with my pinky up." It's like, yeah, what? Okay, whatever. <laughs> All right. Okay, okay. Did we forget that you're a junk? Is that what we're t- we're saying? Like... <laughs> I was like, this is stupid. Just stop it. All right. So uh, speaking of the men, who are we crushing on? I mean, and once again, I need to say the disclaimer: we are not saying we're crushing on like teenagers because we're grown as women. Oh, you know, whatever. No, but yeah, but I did actually have a crush on this actor in multiple different roles he was in. Yeah, so correct, I, yeah, correct. So like, yeah. in, in like if if you're thinking of it as when you first watched it, I guess. Yes. No, James. No contest. He is like a hunk of a man. Beautiful, beautiful hunk of a man. His accent. Oof. Uh, although I do want to say I am a sucker and you know this very well. I'm a sucker for a good friend still lover's romance. So I liked the the story of, you know, Riley and Brian, but definitely more of a James girl myself. I mean, I am more of Mr. Holmes girl. I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of split on James and Brian, which is like very rare for me. And really, Mary Kate and Ashley movie, like there's really? no real clear winner for me. Um, if we're being, I don't know. Like I don't like jocks, so this is me going against type. But I don't know. I just like I was like, you know what? I find so, them equally pleasant. I was gonna say. So is it? It's just like looks then for Brian or. Yeah, you know, like okay. we all have our we all have our combined scores. Yeah. And their combined scores in multiple categories end up right. e- being even for me, let's just say. Okay. All right. All right. I can accept that. <laughs> um so the fashionista versus fast from victim section, this is one of my favorite sections. Okay. Um, what is my your fashion, fashion victim moment, please? My fashion victim, like I mentioned earlier, is those spacesuit looking tubey things that they both wear during the shopping montage. Awful. 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 For me personally, it's the geometric tiny glasses. Yeah, they're very, very 2000s. Very, very, very 2000s. It's like uh, in not a good way, guys. No, not in a good way. Uh, what um, is your fashionista moment, though? Okay. I'm obsessed. And I'm happy because she wears this multiple times throughout the film. Um, I'm obsessed with Chloe's long burgundy, like, trench coat with uh, matched with a knit beanie. And um, at one point, it's black. And then at the end of the movie, it's like a, it's like a maroon knit beanie. Oh, like, and then, cro- like crochet with the crochet flower? Yeah, with the flower. Yeah. yeah. Loved that combination. And then at the end, I, I think earlier on, she wears, like, some sort of, like, patterned pants but at the end she's wearing like a plaid skirt mm-hmm. underneath it um just the whole look i, I that was like a peak fashion and in, in my mind i love okay, that so i am an accessories girly as i think you know helene so mm-hmm. for me it was the patent red headband the wide patent headband that chloe was wearing day one of model un was mm. it for me that but i good. also but i also have speaking of hair i have like an honorable mention which is rachel's hair in the dance scene was very like 2000s updo for me like yeah going on 30 yeah i used to wear my hair like that a lot yeah it was like it was it was giving is what it was like was it with a claw clip kind of like in the back no it looked like it was like bobby pinned on the back 
Yeah. Okay. Like with like the spikies all over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's... butterfly clips is what we would have used to make that look. Yeah. Very, very great height of fashion. Very high fashion chic early 2000s. Yes. <laughs> all right. Speaking of so, early 2000s, does yes. it stand the test of time, this 2001 movie? I actually, yeah, I think it does. I don't think there's anything like glaringly problematic like some of the other movies. <laughs> and to be honest, like if we removed a few of the montages, I would say it's like a pretty overall Honestly, very do we movie. need so many montages? I vote no. no. We did not need all those montages. No, um, I think if this were made today, they would definitely have maximum one montage. <laughs> well, and it's all just the shopping montage, honestly. Yeah. The, the one thing that I was thinking about, like, if this movie were made today, the mm-hmm. only things that they would need to change are basically, like, social media, cell phones type stuff. But other than that, yeah. I feel like it's not so out of time now that it, it – couldn't be done. Yeah, I guess like they'd have to change the whole conflict at the end. Like they'd have to find a different way for oh, Lord for Dad sure. to get Chloe out of the okay, competition. Okay, so Lord Dad like gets the like iPhone uh, or like an iPad that just, has the iCloud account and then just deletes the text message that he sent. Like so, yeah, he like, yeah, yeah, he like steals his son's yeah. phone and texts. And you can like send the text phone. message yeah. and like delete it off your side, but still the other person gets it. Yeah, you're right. There. Boom. Finished. I can write this. I I can also yeah, add this to my list of unpublished works. Yeah. A hand delivered <laughs> letter would not would not cut it in in the in today. Yeah. Uh today's movie. Um so yeah. I I yeah, I thought I think I I would I, yeah. Except, I mean the only the like I said the most dated part of this movie was the opening credits. Yeah. Well. Now it would be maybe google.com. Who knows? Right. Or maybe it'd be paid. like TikToks, you know? What if they had done like Ask Jeeves instead of Oh my AOL? god. <laughs> it would have been great. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, um, okay. So let's go back to the future and talk about the media we've been consuming recently. Helene, tell me it yeah. what in the year of our Lord 2023 you've been consuming. Yes. Um, so I somehow weirdly got onto the side of TikTok with um Taskmaster New Zealand clips. I don't, okay. it's very specific part of TikTok, but I, there's no way to, there's no streaming service that, that shows this like in the US. So I've, I found a YouTube channel that has all full episodes of all four seasons of Taskmaster New Zealand. So I've been watching it. Um, if can you, you never, tell me, can you tell me what that is though? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's, um, it's kind of like. Oh, how do I explain it? So it's it's a reality show with, but it's it's a competition show, but with comedians. Um, they basically get five comedians and they give them really random tasks. Um, and it's just I don't how, like I'm trying to think of what's a good ex, what's a good um example. Um, like one of the tasks was like literally like just a fly, and the most um convincing flight uh wins you have 20 minutes your time starts now and like they basically just like these people just come up with really like creative ways to like pass the task and like convince the taskmaster that they're that they like did the best flight you know like it's it's very very funny i highly recommend it season two is the best so far um 
And for some, they do this in every country. Like there's a U.S. taskmaster. There's like a U.K. taskmaster, not taskmaster. But for some reason, New Zealand has the best one. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah. Just go on YouTube. You'll find full episodes. It's hilarious. And then also I, um, Our Flag Means Death season two finally came out. So I've been watching that and I thoroughly enjoy it. Although I'm not liking it as much as the first season yet, but it's still pretty great. Please don't kill me, but I didn't finish season one. Did you not like it? No, I loved it every second that I watched. It's just, it's one of those shows that kind of fell off my list because I had competing shows with it, you know? That's fair. Yeah. I mean, what's not, what's not to love about gay pirates? There's not, there's not, there's, what's not to love? Yeah. Well, I mean, all pirates were gay to me, but um, it was like, it was probably around the scandal era of my life where like my entire brain was consumed with the scandal of Vanderpump rules where literally nothing else, like it colonized my brain in such a way that I'm still recovering to, if we're being honest. Okay. That's fair. (laughs) I I understand. I I would get back to it when you can, when you have the brain capacity. It's a very, it's a very enjoyable show. Okay. Well, I have been um, enjoying something that perhaps you, Helene, may not enjoy, which is the Eras Tour movie. I'm sorry. Why would you think I wouldn't enjoy that? I I went and saw that the opening weekend. I thought you weren't a Swifty, my friend. I'm sorry. No, I'm a huge Swifty. Yes, I went. And, I went. I went alone to the movie theater okay, okay, on okay, Saturday. Okay, remind me, please. Then <laughs> is Rex the one who does not like Miss Taylor Swift? No, Rex hates Taylor Swift. That's, I don't. I okay, do not I, understand it. I was like one of you two. <laughs> no, he I don't. don't, I, don't which I don't one. understand why he's a weirdo. Taylor is amazing. I love. Okay, it. this is now a Taylor Swift podcast. Um, <laughs> I love this for us. So I, look, I am not like a huge, huge Swifty. I'm going to have to put myself out there. I'm like, okay, I enjoy her music. I will not spend the money it would take for me to see her in tour in person in another city, especially. Um, but that's I tried. I tried. I could, I could not get tickets. I even like the day of the, her concerts in Minneapolis, I listened to the radio all day, both days to try and win tickets. And I didn't win either. I'm so sorry. There were no Austin or San Antonio shows. So anyway, you know. Oh, I, I didn't know that. To, I would have had to drive like a significant amount. I didn't know that. Get, that sucks. Yeah, that fucking sucks. And there usually yeah. is at least an Austin show because, you know, yeah. Austin, Texas, huge music scene. You would think scene. so. You would definitely yeah, think anyway, so. Yeah, anyway, whatever. That's beside the point. I just couldn't. You yeah, know, ju- justifiably spend the amount of money that it would take for me to go so to a no sweet what- seat. That's what the movie was for, though, for the because yeah. I couldn't I couldn't make one make it to a show. You couldn't make it to a show, and yeah, I definitely went to the movie. Okay, the, the I, weekend it came out, I went on okay, uh, so the Saturday after it came out. I could not go, it, the weekend that it That's came fair. out because I had family over. Yeah, but the desire was strong. Trust yeah. me. Um, so, did you watch it at an AMC? It was actually not at an AMC in San Antonio. Like, I was so surprised what? that I found it at a non-AMC theater. I was gonna say that she did an exclusive partnership with AMC. It unless they only- Santico, unless Santico's like Santico's is like the one of the main movie theaters in San Antonio, but they're like okay. basically San Antonio owned only. You know, like there's not a lot of Santico's theaters elsewhere. Yeah. Um, 
So maybe they cut a deal with AMC. Who knows? They might have. Yeah, I definitely went to an AMC. Yeah. So I so I went to this to Santigas, which is usually my theater of choice anyway, because they have like the reclining seats and like nice. Ah, and they're like all leather and like posh. That's I I was like I will spend all the money (laughs) for this. Yeah, Um, worth it. And because I am a loyalty member, humble brag, uh, I was able to get my drink. And my mozzarella sticks for free oh <laughs> because my gosh. I had so many points from watching the Barbie movie three times this <laughs> summer. <laughs> did you? That's amazing. I love that for you. Uh, did you go alone or did Seth? Oh, go I in? went alone. Um, I told okay. Seth we should go together next oh. time if someone can like. Oh my watch god, Olivia! You? Or, I went alone too. We're the same. We could have gone together. I know. If only we were in the same city, we would have gone together. I know. One one of these days we'll move closer to each other. It was really kind of, at first I thought it was going to be really awkward because uh, it, yeah. it was opening weekend when I went, so it was like my theater was <gasps> can, okay. Can I tell you? Um, and you know we can cut this out of the podcast later. It's fine. But can I tell you I had the most awkward experience getting to my seat because of course like you buy your seat in advance in this theater, yeah, so they're yeah, like yeah. assigned. So yeah. I had bought. I mean, maybe I shouldn't say this in... Okay, I'll tell you later when I went. So I bought the seat in okay. the middle. Like, it was, like, next to last row in the actual middle seat. So I had, like, a really good vantage point in the okay. theater. And when I got there, like, these two boomers were sitting on one of my seats. Oh. And I go, oh, okay. It's like, I must have, like, have the wrong row, right? So I go yeah, yeah. back up and down and i'm like no i'm in the right row <laughs> for my, you know like yeah it says i i'm in row i okay then i go okay let me go back like i didn't even engage with them because i just assumed i was in the wrong row because i was like of course no one I, would do this that's, that's what i do yeah i'm always oh yeah. i must be in the wrong yeah <laughs> yeah of course because like anxious if the anxious girlies are listening we get you anyway yep. so yep. i get i go back and I look at the lady sitting there with her husband, presumably, mm-hmm. and ale- oh, what, what was it? Allegedly ranch. Allegedly her husband. Um, oh, so seemingly ranch. Seemingly, yes. ra- seemingly her husband. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yes. um, oh God, we have so much to talk about now that I, <laughs> oof. Anyway, so like, I get there and I'm like, looking at my phone, looking at her, looking at the number. And she looks up at me like, can I help you? And I'm like, what seat number does it say in your ticket? Because mine says I-10. So I'm like doing this. And yeah. she goes, oh, okay, we'll, we'll move. We'll move. It's fine. It's fine. And like she makes her husband move. And her husband is grumbling the entire fucking way, making a huge scene about having to move in this seat that he didn't even choose. Jesus Christ, man. He's like, this is ridiculous. And like, da, 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 da. and I was like, I am not going to let this ruin my experience. I need this. So I'm like, oh, man. But, it, you know, it was like, I, I don't hate confrontation. Like, I have no problem with confrontation. It's just like the like, if you have a poor attitude about something that you shouldn't have a poor attitude about, I'm going to be annoyed. Like, Agreed. This is not, sir, sir, sir. One. <laughs> I have a lot of trouble believing you're a Swifty, first of all, with that yeah. attitude, bad attitude. Second of all, you did not purchase this seat. I did. Yeah. Leave me alone. Anyway, so I did not expect, as I, I said, I'm like not like 100% a Swifty. I feel like I'm 90% there most of the time. Um, and 
I was surprisingly very emotional the moment the film started and I started mm-hmm. crying and I was like <gasps> overwhelmed by it, like in a good way. And I was like, oh my God. So I'm texting Seth. I'm like, I'm surprisingly way more emotional than I thought I would be at this movie. Yeah, Just, there like, were crying. S- <laughs> yeah, there were some songs that I started tearing up. Like for some reason, I started tearing up during like Love Story, even though like I've heard that song eight bazillion times. It's like, it, but for some reason, I don't know. Or like You Belong with Me. I don't know. I just like, I don't know. Yeah, it was beautiful. I, I, yeah, thankfully I I, w- I went alone, but I had like a an aisle seat, like I was like the one closest to the exit, basically, um, mm-hmm. in like the in like the fourth row or something, and um, so I didn't have it. Like I only had someone on one side of me, um, and the girl that was um on the right side of me was really nice. She so I, I at least didn't feel as awkward as I thought I was gonna feel because she was like talking to me about it, and I was like, oh, oh I have a friend. So nice. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was really good, and I I was in an IMAX theater, so I felt like I could sing along without oh, yeah. people. So like I, I don't like, want to ruin people's experience. Yeah, I'm I, like, you I, didn't come here to listen to me sing. You paid. I to went to. I, I was like, at most, like it had like all the like you know when you go and book your like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Thing you are like the the one that had like the longest list of like perks i was like that's the one where i'm watching miss swift on um yeah. you know which one caught me by surprise that i was like huh i wow i'm feeling a lot was tolerated yes actually i yeah i the whole evermore set got me a lot more than, than I, expected I thought to. I would. yeah yeah because i i evermore is actually like i've only ever listened through for folklore and evermore all the way through like once Okay. Um, I was a folklore girly and ever more like just like uh once. I just they felt like too much too similar. Like all the songs kind of blurred together for me and I just it just I wasn't it wasn't my vibe at the time. But then in the movie, the folklore set was or the Evermore set was my favorite. And so I was like, I need to go back and listen to Evermore. The Moss Piano, was that folklore or Evermore? I don't remember. But the I, Moss it was, covered- it was is it where when she sang Champagne Problems? I mm. Probably. I just like the moss covered piano and she kept like touching the moss. She's just like, what am I doing? And yeah. Like, well, tolerate, tolerate it. She did like a full like play. <laughs> yes. It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. And also like I felt like, and maybe this is me reading too much into it, of course, but like you could see her. I mean, I've seen videos of her performing before, of course, but like, yeah. um, like get more into her power as a performer and more confident as a performer and more cheeky as a performer. And I was like, Miss Swift is really feeling herself and yeah. I really like it. And I wonder how much of it is like not being with her long-term boyfriend that seemed to like want her to like calm the fuck down and dull herself a little bit. Yeah. He didn't like, he doesn't like fame as much. It seems like, um, I will say my, my one complaint about the movie was that there was only one song from speak now yeah they did like it was like fearless whole set speak now one she sings enchanted and then it immediately turns to i think maybe like was it red next or 1989 next she like i was like that's it just just enchanted there's so many good songs on speak now what i mean long live at minimum you should have sang long live like that is yeah. her song about her fans. Like I'm sure she's saying it at the yeah. Concert, Long live but... was cut from the movie. Yeah, they shouldn't have. Like why? Why would or like you, you Dear know John one, or you know you know which one <laughs> I'm really mad that they, that got cut out. I'm not kidding. Was nobody no crime? I was like, excuse me. 
Yes, I would have loved to see that live. Oh, man, I love that song. Well, that's it for your Swifty Corner. Please come back next time as we discover Atlantis, the hotel version, on a film called Holiday in the Sun, which serves as a film-length ad for the Hotel Atlantis in the Bahamas. Which you'll get to hear all my beautiful stories about because I actually stayed there one time. <laughs> we have boots on the grounds, people. From like 20 years ago, I'm sure, but still boots oh, yeah. on the ground. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so in the words of NSYNC, bye, bye, bye. Wait, did you go after or before watching this movie? Um, actually, it was my grandparents' anniversary when I cruised the Bahamas. Uh, I think before. Wow. A trailblazer. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oof. There we go. Growing Up Millennial is an independent entertainment podcast hosted and produced by Helene Karp and Adrian Wilson. Our conversations in every episode fall under Section 107 of the Copyright Act, identifying criticism and comment of copyrighted material as examples of activities qualifying as fair use. Helene Karp manages our social media. Adrian Wilson edits our audio and does all our graphics. You can let us know your thoughts by emailing us at gummypod at gmail.com. That is G-U-M-M-Y-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at gummypod. And we are also a newsletter. Go check us out at gummypod.substack.com. And she's basically arguing that controlling the internet is the right thing to do because freedom of speech does more harm than good. Which and is, guess what? Uh, That's how we got Donald Trump is freedom of speech. So maybe she has a point. I'm just saying. A, I mean, it's a big yikes, though. But yeah. Uh, no, I know. I know. I she's like, she's like, yay, commas. Yay, communism. Like, yeah, no, that was a stupid <laughs> joke that I might have to cut. From <laughs> the show. Um, this movie <laughs> was just an ad for Atlantis. And you cannot convince me of anything else you you didn't say the name of the movie oh sorry <laughs> the movie is holiday in the sun also the way that you said let's reconvene next time i was like are we ending a zoom meeting yes like, we are <laughs> are we not on zoom right now we're actually not first of all but also the, <laughs> it's like i had flashbacks to like all my work <laughs> meetings okay let's i was reconvene that- Let's circle back. Uh, let's close the loop. Let's, um, I don't know. I can do this all day long, girl. <laughs>